forever. Dog. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the best show here on a Tuesday night in November. November 1st, to be exact. And boy, oh boy, do we have a show for you tonight. Uh, Borat himself would say, when if he saw this lineup, he'd say, wah, wah, wee, wah, is what he would say if he saw this lineup. And uh, who do we got on the show tonight? Uh, Rob Halford uh, from Judas Priest is going to be on the show, an interview I did with him. We'll check that out. And live in the studio right now, Black Lips, they're here in the building. Uh, it's going to be pretty freaking amazing can't wait for you to hear what we do so why don't we just get to it let's play the theme five four three two one I know I oh i'm sorry tom yeah you, yeah i wasn't ready oh, oh god i'm so sorry strike one <sighs> strike one and i'll talk about why my nails are painted in a minute Strike one. Uh, that's strike one. Dang. All right, hold on, Tom. I'm going to get it for you, though. It's going to be coming so fast. This guy. You really caught me off guard. I'm so sorry. Like a bleeping uh, Country Time Lemonade commercial up in here. This guy's uh, on the porch. Uh, he's going to be hanging out in the cement pond next. With Jeb. And Granny. Oh, it's almost there. One minute. No, no, there's no rush. No rush. Only have a full, full packed show tonight. Wall to wall entertainment. The cream rise to the top. Oh yeah. Mother chip control in readiness. Sonic assassins cleared for space flight. Countdown starting now. Thirty. What did damn do? Countdown started. All units prepare for activation. 25. Production androids activated now. The tape is rolling. The red orb is glowing. 20. Audience receptor units All right, Tom, activated I now. Music distribution equipment activated now. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, I'm going right now. We're going live because we got stuff to do. We got things to do tonight. Ain't going to play no music at the top of the show because we got a lot of show tonight. And we're going to start off. The first guest is not here. I'm being uh, correct, right? Ain't 
Any sign of uh, a, a, a Griffin? See in the building? Griffin? Yes, no? Maybe so? Nothing? Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Nothing yet. Okay. Well, that's uh, that's his old loss, ain't it? Well, let me tell you all about, uh, well, I'll tell you about why my nails are painted red. Isn't it nice? Don't you like it? I like it. Yeah, that's right. For people listening on the podcast, I got my little nails uh, painted for Halloween because I wore a costume on Halloween and uh, yeah, I was uh, Lana Del Rey for Halloween and it was a beautiful costume and it took forever, but it was worth it. Every minute that it took was a minute towards serving the larger purpose of me having the greatest Halloween costume I've ever had. Um, Why don't we take a phone call, actually, in the interim? Because this is the order of things. Got uh, Griffin Newman. He's going to come by and say a hi, chit-chat for a little bit. Then, take some calls. Then, Rob Halford. Then, Black Lips. Then, Studio's video thing. Who could ask for more? Could you ask for more? You asked for more on a show? I couldn't. Let's go to the phones. Hot phones. Nope, not hot phones. Sorry. Not hot phones. Can't say that. Can't say that. Hello, best show. Hi. Hi. Who is this? Penny. Penny. Penny, Penny, Penny. How are you, Penny? My good friend, Penny. Penny, let me tell you something before you know. Uh, the only way to support The Best Show is over at Patreon, patreon.com slash show, And that's how you support the show. That's how you get all the bonus content we record, like The Best Show Four Horsemen Edition, which is me, Dudio, Mike, and Pat doing a two-hour uh, pandemic-style episode of The Best Show where we talk to callers and have fun, have a good topic. Uh, the topic on this episode is... What's the first R-rated movie you saw? And that's up on the Patreon, patreon.com slash the best show. That's where you go if you're a fan of uh, the half hour power or me just goofing around with the guys. Uh, and there'll be another episode of Rubenesque going up on the uh, Patreon very soon. So stay tuned for that. Penny, what's going on tonight? Everything's good. Did you know what yesterday was? I didn't. It's Halloween yesterday. Wait, yesterday was Halloween? Yes, and also a very special person's birthday. He's a caller, I think. That's right, yes. He is a caller. Penny, what were you for Halloween? Pluto, the dog from Mickey Mouse. Pluto? Yes, Pluto, Mm -hmm. the yellow dog. Yes, Pluto the yellow dog from Mickey Mouse. Yeah, he's also from the clubhouse one too. That's right, he is. Did you uh, did you get a lot of good candy? Yeah, my favorite one. Like, I thought I only got one of these like type of candies that was like these like circles, and they're like like in this wrapping paper. I like ate a lot. Like, 
a lot today, like when I got home from school. You ate a lot of candy when you got home from school? Yeah. Now, are you worried at all that, that you're, are you worried, let me ask you this, Penny, are you worried that your your dad's going to, like, eat some of your candy when you're not home? Yeah, and I was nervous, like, um, I saw that some of my candy was in, like, big cat bowls, which we use for trick-or-treating. No. And my dad told me when I was coming home from school that they were, my parents were eating the Halloween candy, and then later on, I was like, hey, don't put my candy in here. And yeah, you don't put your candy. Like, and what was she My saying? mom was just like, well, we mixed them in there. Well, this is what you got to say. What's this is what you got to say. What? Is your, is your old papa around? Is papa around? Yeah, he's totally around. He's what? holding the phone right now. Like, well, this is what you time. say to him. This is what you say to him. You say, listen up, mister. Listen up, mister. I worked hard for that Halloween candy. I worked hard for that Halloween candy. And I didn't go trick-or-treating all day long. And I didn't go trick-or-treating all of it day long. To have you put your... Greasy mitts all over my Snickers. To put your greasy sticks all over my greasers. I think that's what you said. Close. I say, well, we could do better with that one. I didn't go trick-or-treating all day to have you putting your greasy mitts all over my Snickers. I didn't go trick-or-treating all day to put your greasy tiffers on my Snickers. Perfect. Perfect. Now, what's he doing? What's the look on his face? He's just like, <laughs> he's been saying it loud because I'm on the call right now. Yeah, he yeah, he's crying. He's crying. He doesn't want us to hear him crying. I can kind of hear him right now. He's like, yeah. he just made a little noise from his mouth. Well, this, what what are your favorite candies there, Penny? What What's something you'd let your dad uh, eat from your candy collection that you don't have much interest in? Dots? Dots? You ever get those? Dots? Oh, I, um, my brother got them, and I got them, like, on Trick or Treat Street. Okay, on Trick or Treat Street. Um, Yeah, bring our guest in also, please. Please bring the guest in. For the love of Christ, bring the guest in. Um, Just say... So you say so you like dots? You're not sure if you like. Is that what you're saying? Um, I kind of like dots, but I'm not. I've never ate them before. I think I've. Um, I think that you put them on gingerbread houses. But I will tell you my favorite candy, Smarties. That was the name of it. I was like, "What is that candy with the circle name?" And I was like, "Oh, Smarties." I was eating like lots of Smarties when I got home from school. You like Smarties, huh? Yeah, they taste very flavorful, and my brain feels like it's about to explode because it's the best candy you can ever get at stores, I feel. Okay, you don't like chocolate, eh? Not a big chocolate fan, huh? I, I do like chocolate M&M's. They're good. But I kind of don't really like um, peanut M&M's, but they're good. They're good. Well, they're good. Like my, my brother for Trick or Treat Street, he got caramel M&M's, and I was like, that's gross. I accidentally took mm. a bite out of them to see what flavor it was because the packet was blue, and I was like, 
and I told mom that, like, Logan is not going to like it. And then mom was like, I'm going to eat it. And then I'm like, mom, is, is not, mom you're not going to like it. And then I was like, well, and I think she, then I was thinking, what about dad? So then I was like, no, 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 dad would not like them. And I heard my mom just laugh in the background. Mm-hmm. You know what you got to do? You got to trick your dad into eating the candy you don't want, right? Right? Wouldn't that be funny? This is what you say to your papa. Yeah. This, is, this is what you're going to do right now. You ready? You say, pa- Papa, yeah. Papa, Papa. Papa. Say, Papa, Papa. Papa, Papa. You take a seat, my friend. Say, Papa, Papa. I said that. Okay. I, I know papa, you said papa. it, but sometimes you got to sell a little more, okay? Say, Papa, Papa, you say, well, you, I know you said you're going to yell at me again. get yelled at by a seven-year-old. That's where I'm at. Papa, Papa. No, this is what you say. Pa- oh, like, okay, we said Papa, Papa. Okay, we got that taken care of. Say, all I ask, dear Papa. All I ask, dear Papa. Is that you don't eat. Is that you don't eat. My, now what's a really lousy my. candy? What's a really lousy candy, Penny, that you just... My. No, you're just talking to me now. My. You're just talking to me now, Penny. What's a candy that you think is gross that you got for trick-or-treating? Um, that, well... Laffy Taffy? I remember... Let me think. Snickers. Because Snickers! Because I don't like the gooey part... I, I don't like the gooey part where it's like you bite on it and then it, it's kind of like cheese pizza. I like when. I it's kind of like cheap pizza. pizza. Snickers are like cheap you, pizza? Yeah, when they have that little liquid inside of it and then. No, that's not a bite, Snickers. They got like, liquid inside of it. You got some weird yeah, Snickers like going through your neighborhood. Liquid. liquid. You got liquid in your Snickers, eh? Yeah, and then. Kind of like a pizza. I've always tried to want it. I kind of more like it on when it's on a pizza. And speaking of pizza, I know you don't like one type of pizza. What type don't I like? Um, Toronto pizza. Toronto pizza. I, that's I, I, right, I, Penny. You're paying attention. But also, I got to just say this, Penny. No offense to you. God bless you. You're one of my favorite people on the planet. There ain't no liquid inside of Snickers. There's kind of this orange cheesy thing that's kind orange. of like when you, you on a pizza. Penny, I didn't think I wanted to okay, say I'm this. Out. Put your father on for a second. Just for one second. Okay. <laughs> right, um, what are you doing over there? Your kid thinks your kid thinks your, your kid thinks Snickers has a uh, liquid and orange cheese in it. What are you doing? <laughs> She's calling it liquid. I think she means like this: the the melty caramel is like like melty cheese or pizza, the same consistency. She's calling it liquid for lack of a you better. Throw word. the air, throw the air conditioning every once in a while in that house. This can's a little <laughs> sounds like your can's a little runny. What are you doing? <laughs> no, you know, it's just stretchy when you pull it off. Stretchy when you pull it off. I don't know what's going on in that house, but I don't like it. Liquid in a Snickers and orange, orange. I guess there ain't nothing orange in a Snickers, no matter how liquidy or, or not. 
Either either, either Penny don't know her colors or you uh, are doing something very strange in that house. It's like a tan, I guess. She's just like an orange, but you know the caramel. All right, all right. What's there? What's there? What's your candy? You're eating. So you, you this is what the story I'm getting. Your kid goes out to school. Your kid goes out to school. You start sneaking into a room, eating her candy, right? <laughs> no, it's just all in the bowl in the kitchen. Oh, it's all in the bowl. She's breaking her back getting this candy. You're watching from your from your rascal riding around the neighborhood. On your jazzy. <laughs> Not that old. <laughs> you, you're making her go up to the door and you say, ask for two this time. Dad's hungry. <laughs> Penny? Penny? What? 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 I'm here. Yeah, okay. This is what I, I want to say. This is what you say. You hide that candy. You hide that candy. You hide it. You put a mouse trap in the middle of the. You put a, this is what you do. You put yeah. the bowl. You put the bowl in your room. You put a mouse trap in the middle of the bowl. Then you go to school. Mm-hmm. I guarantee okay. you're gonna okay. come home. Dad's gonna have his hand bandaged up, and it's gonna be. <laughs> I have a question for you. What's the question, Penny? Then I gotta go. I have a very powerful guest in the studio. Actually, I have two things to say. Oh, well, yeah, we could do question. one. We could do one tonight, Penny. It's my show, not yours. So first, let let me just talk about the. This is a problem that happened to me. So, um, maybe if I can squeeze in both, it's okay. Um, so first, the problem was once I was playing the cat piano, and I was my foot was stuck in a chair. And then the chair tipped over and it hurt my foot and it really badly hurt. It cried real bad. Okay. I said it like real fast so I can ask the question. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to do with this? You need help? The question is, do you know this movie Coda and this actor in the movie called Daniel Durant, this like deaf guy? I have no idea. Oh, that movie. Yeah. The guy who who looked like, uh, uh, the guy who looked like, uh. Frank Miller. Well, so it's like Frank Miller's up for an Oscar. (laughs) Um, He's on Dancing with the Stars. He was on there yesterday because on every single Monday night, he goes on there. But one Tuesday night, he was on there for the prom night. Okay. How's his dancing? Very good. I've been voting Mm. for him like, a lot because he's like my number one favorite person really on the show that's very cool yeah. you know who i want to win this season yeah i'm gonna try and make him to win this season guess who but i want to win can get that cold. you know who i want to win what richard kind um i, I want richard kind i want richard kind to win Penny. Well, i don't think he's a part of Mm, I think he is. Um, look, Penny, you're the greatest caller. Congratulations on a successful Halloween. Uh, tell your daddy, you, does he, is he uh, playing with that Galacticus doll he bought? Yeah, he's like, um, he got it, and it's got, like, very cool powers. Yeah. And he, like, got, like, he got it, like, this big, huge box. It, like, yeah. the box inside a box inside. Oh, I know. I know. I'm on Twitter. I follow. I followed the dramatic story 
of him uh, of him tracking the package. You, you'd think it was a box full of insulin, and he was at death's door the way he was tracking that box. Dad and me were on TikTok opening it. And yeah. my mom had a great idea for mm-hmm. TikTok where it was like... A video where like, where she returns it? A TikTok reboxing video? Here's here's a reboxing video of the $400 Galacticus doll. Yeah, I need to say something. So this, my, my mom, um, which is wearing a purple shirt right now, she is... She was like having an idea at supper for uh, um, an idea for tic- a TikTok, and she was like, "What if they chose my brother Logan and me dressed up as Hanukkah things with the same shirt as Dad, me and Logan? We're gonna have the same shirt, and me and my dad and Logan. Hopefully, my brother can sing this song, but he's gonna say we're all gonna sing." Dreidel, 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 I made you out of snow. And then later on, it's going to show our mom and, it's, and mom and me and Logan. And we're going to be, um, the Echo's going to play a the Mariah Carey Christmas song. And it's going to be like, all I want for Christmas is you. Like that Mariah Cam- Carey song. Ah. It's like going to be like, Oh, Hanukkah, and then Christmas. So you're Christmas you're doing a real Hanukkah versus Christmas thing over there. Yeah, my mom did made it up. We got bad news for you. Christmas wins what? every time. Oh, we just lost her. I don't know what happened. Um, yeah, Christmas. Oh, look, God, I love Hanukkah. Just fine. But this is how good Christmas is. Santa Claus is the opening act for Jesus. <laughs> That's how good Christmas is. He's the he- he's the opener. Who's in the studio? Griffin Newman. How Hi. are you? Hi, I'm doing all right. Um, well, thank you for coming by to to, to hang out thank for you a for bit. having me. Yeah, no, you, I'm I'm Jewish and I I agree with everything you just said. Mm-hmm. Hanukkah's fine, but it, it it cannot compete. It loses every time. The one big day versus eight. I know that that's I mean, that's the real gambit, of course, is trying to make this quantity over quality pitch. Mm-hmm. We all know that Hanukkah is actually basically a, a second or third string holiday that got kind of promoted just because of scheduling. And yeah. they, they liked the idea of capitalizing upon this eight mm-hmm. uh, thing. But like I'll say I'm mean, growing up a Jew, Jew, Jewish kid in New York City, Jewish mm-hmm. siblings, parents. Uh, we wanted to celebrate Christmas. Mm-hmm. We resented the fact that Hanukkah existed. Sure. And Hanukkah was, if you want to open a present early, mm-hmm. you can open it on a night of Hanukkah. You will be subtracting from Christmas later. Gotcha. Yeah. Is how it was pitched to us. Mm-hmm. And so you're just like, let me just ride out, let, light the candles, <laughs> spin the dreidel, uh-huh. and I'll wait for the big day. Yeah. yeah. Now, did your family ramp up? To the big present, or do you start big and then by like day seven you got the socks? And well, this the is what I'm saying. Most pencils. of the time, my brother and I would be like, "We'll hold the presents for Christmas." Yeah, even okay. it's 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 marshmallow test. You okay. know, what's that? Yeah. It, it, there's that psychological study where they put the marshmallow in front of a person and they go, "If you can go five minutes without eating the marshmallow, we give you two yeah. marshmallows." Okay. Most people end up eating the marshmallow. They can't wait. What is this? A- Dogs? They can't wait yep. five minutes to eat a marshmallow? I know. Marshmallows are not that good. I know. I'm saying my brother and I, we would look at each other and go, let's wait. Let's just oh, wait till Christmas. Oh, boy, that marshmallow's sure looking good in front of me. Oh, 
What are we at? Uh, 90 seconds? Oh, I don't know if I can make it. Oh, boy. Oh, just imagine that marshmallow in my mouth. That gooey blob of nothingness. Gooey, orange, <laughs> cheesy liquid. What was that? Inside also, a marshmallow. Orange. I understood what she was saying. I, I quickly, I tapped into that she must mean caramel, but it was, it was the strangest. I understand she's a child. Of course. I don't judge her harshly, yeah. but it was a strange combination of orange, cheesy liquid. <laughs> I thought she, I thought somebody f- filled up a box of right. Cheez-Its with yeah. water. Right. Or or someone's injecting something into the Snickers. Yeah. 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 You might want to watch out over there uh, watch on, out. on Candy Cane Lane or whatever they were saying. <laughs> what was that? Trick or Treat Street. Sure. Sure. They got a whole street for the thing now? Yeah. Wow. Man, when I was a kid, I would just go so far out on Halloween. Mm-hmm. I would just go. I think I went into like different towns. Like my family was. I was. I to put it uh, politely. Sure. Under supervised. Gotcha. Did you have siblings? I have one sister. Okay. Yes. And would she trick or treat it with you or not? Yeah, for a long time. For yeah. a long time. Yeah. Okay. We were not. We were not. Uh, we were not. We were together in, in sure. our, our love of Halloween. Okay. And let me just say this. First of all, people, if anybody's out there saying, well, who's Griffin Newman? Everyone's First of all, saying nobody's that. saying that. Everyone's saying that. Everybody knows Blank Check oh, podcast. You, you got it. You nailed it. The Blank Check podcast mm. that you do with, uh, what's his name? Dougie. Dave, Dougie. Uh, Dougie? <laughs> Dougie McMovies. Dougie McMovies. David Sims. David Sims. Of the and Atlantic. He's, always, he's from the Atlantic. Yes, he's and, serious. And he's always the guy where you're like, I like uh, Die Hard. And he's right. just like, what about uh, the bicycle it's a Yes, it's a real goofus and gallant dynamic between the two of us. That's that's what we've tapped no, into. It's, a, it's actually a very interesting, very informative, long-form podcast long. in the fact that you will take on a certain director. Mm, yes. And you will go through the whole Oeuvre. We do the whole thing. Yeah, we do the whole thing. You did it. You did a Clifford episode with us, yes. which was part of an isolated. Yes. Yes. It was not part. You were, of you were a, not going through Paul Flaherty. We were doing a Flaherty series. Yes, um, but usually, yes, we pick a director and we do the whole kit and caboodle. Mm-hmm. Now, who has been the most? What's been the most challenging one to that felt like a true slog for you to get through? Uh, I pushed the Tim Burton thing uphill mm-hmm. with my co-host for a while okay. because I'm such a big fan of the first yeah. 10 or so. Yeah. Most amazing career. Correct. Literally, it's it's like two sides. Yep. One side is good. Yep. This side is the worst. Yep. yep. And he, I'm I'm such a fucking simp apologist mm-hmm. that I will make contrarian arguments for some of the later ones. Mm-hmm. There's some of them I can barely muster up the energy, and there's some that I fully hate. But I argued for years, I think it's worth doing. The first half is so good, and the second half is not as dire as you think. And I won the argument, and the first half was great, and the second half was interminable. It's worse than you think. When when you're actually having to live in it week by week. Because in real time, we had years in between those movies coming out to recover. And you're kind of like... Oh, Planet of the Apes. That maybe might, that might right. be something. Right, and you're like, but there's when was that good? It it's sucked. right. It's the feeling when you're you're watching Alice in Wonderland and realizing mm-hmm. next week I have to watch Dark Shadows. There's no there's no break. <laughs> you know? Yeah, and it never stops, as you would say. And it's that thing with him, where you're just like, did you like never? Did you not watch your own movies? And it did truly, you not understand your own? 
filmography? I will say this. This was the the closest I came because I think when we started doing the show, it was more we'd pick someone because we were sort of trying to figure them out. Mm-hmm. When the yeah. show started, we were really interested in people who sort of had the hat, hot streak and lost it. Mm-hmm. So we started out with like uh, Shyamalan and Cameron Crowe, yeah. the Wachowskis and these people who had these huge dynamic movies and then sort of disconnected with the public. Yeah, yeah. They, and struggle to find the thing. They get too big, the right. things get too bloated, yes. whatever leads you and to that like, point. And like, they lost the pitch, whatever yeah. it is. Um, the, the thing that is a bond with yes. with giving the audience what they wanted from them. Right, right. They were issued a blank check and then they yes. failed to fulfill exactly. that bond. But um, now I think we, we maybe mostly because of the Burton experience, try to mm-hmm. pick people who maybe have slightly more consistent careers yeah. where the dips are not all stacked mm-hmm. up in the second half. Um, but we we would used to try to figure out like what happened to this person. Why mm-hmm. did they lose it? Yeah. And the closest I could come to understanding Burton was I read some interview with him where he was like, I truly don't think I know what a good movie is. I don't think I mm-hmm. have any perspective when I have made a film whether or not it's good. Mm-hmm. And I think when I watch a movie, my criteria, what I'm judging a film on is not actually in conversation with what anyone else is doing. And I realized the thing for him is he's surprised that for 15 years people liked his movies. I think he's not surprised that they stopped liking mm-hmm. them. He's like, yeah. why were these working? He didn't even know. Yeah, he didn't know what was what was working right. to not know what wasn't working. Exactly. And he, I, I think that's why Ed Wood mm-hmm. is my favorite film of his. Ed Wood is definitely my My favorites are Pee Wee and Ed yes. Wood. Yes. Uh, and I, I think the reason Ed Wood is so good is because he looks at that guy and he's like, there but for the grace of God. Mm-hmm. I see no difference between myself and this guy. Yeah. Except for 10 years, I've been showered with praise and this guy was mocked. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything different in how the two of us see the world. Yes. And that's yeah. why they, the very, the thing that didn't happen in real life is the Orson Welles moment right. did not actually happen when right. Ed Wood runs into Orson Welles. So you have somebody who is perceived to be a genius mm-hmm. meeting up with somebody who is perceived to be the worst filmmaker yes. in history. Yes. And they had the same problems. Right. But it's a, it's a great, um, it's a it's a great metaphor for for the struggle of making art. Yes, but holy guacamole! When you look at this thing, you go, "It's rough. It's really it, rough." Because look, Mars Attacks. I love Mars. I Attacks. think it's a masterpiece. Yeah, um, I'm with everything up until uh, Planet of the Apes. Even Sleepy Hollow. Like I like Sleepy, Sleepy Hollow. Hollow. Okay. It's a minor within the yeah, good run. Sure, but I I'm with that. Mm-hmm. But then when you get into this run, uh huh. Planet of the Apes. Well, Big Fish is not so bad. Big Fish I like a lot. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Yuck. Um, Corpse Bride. Not so good. Sweeney Todd. Not for me. (laughs) Alice in Wonderland. The worst. I think truly we've said the worst movie we've covered on the podcast. We've been doing it for Mm -hmm. eight years, and when we're gun to a head asked what is the least pleasant thing you've Mm -hmm. had to watch, that, that is it, I think. You think that's the one? Yeah. Dark Shadows was next, of course, you said. Mm-hmm. Then you get into Big Eyes, which is uh, a little bit of a miss. A I, I stump for it. I think it's at least him trying. Exactly. Well, yeah, he's back yes. with Alexander and Karaszewski, yes. those guys who wrote Ed Wood. He's trying to go back to the Ed Wood. Yeah. Let me make a small mm-hmm. adult character yeah. story. Then you get into Mrs. Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children. But of I course. didn't see it. But of course, you, you didn't. I sat that one out. You didn't. I get my fill. I think there's enough things documenting magical children. Sure. I have kind I feel like as a society, mm. we have reached max capacity yeah. 
for magical children at a school. Would you be surprised to hear it was uh, based on a, a young adult book series? What? No, it's of course I could see that coming. Yeah. All I needed was to see Miss Peregrine <laughs> in the title, and I knew this was a book, a book for children. Yes. And then a Dumbo. Uh huh. Now, have you seen Dumbo? I did not see Dumbo. Dumbo, we kind of stumped for. Okay. Mm-hmm. Dumbo feels like the movie of Burton contending what happened with mm-hmm. what happened to him. Okay. I think, and he did an interview recently. Mm-hmm. Where he said uh, he he kind of had a breakdown working on Dumbo, realizing that Disney is like this scary machine. Yeah, and uh, the movie is like a, a about that. Mm-hmm. The movie is okay. like him as Dumbo, mm-hmm. and everyone's like, "You're incredible. We can make so much money off of you." Yeah, Michael Keaton plays uh, basically Walt Disney. Okay, and everyone's just sort of mm-hmm. um, exploiting Dumbo. It's not a fully successful film. Yeah, but it's got a little life in it. You know what I would say Tim Burton could have done in that circumstance was not make Dumbo. Now, I agree with you. He this is the have, problem. He didn't have to make Dumbo to make that point. The he problem, could have written an essay. Yes. The problem is I can only defend it so far <laughs> yeah. because that argument is unbeatable. Yes, because he just had to write, why I will not work for Disney yes. anymore. He yes. could have written it and posted it uh, on yes. the internet. I mean, he's now doing the... Uh, Wednesday Adams, yes, the Netflix, TV Netflix, show for right? Netflix, and that feels like another one where it's it's like why why get out of bed? We all can imagine, yeah. we can read that on a piece mm-hmm. of paper, yeah. and in our head project what eight episodes, yeah, of a Riverdale mm-hmm. style Wednesday Adams spinoff, yeah, feels like. Yes, I you did, don't need I, to do yeah. it. Yeah, he, he did fire all his reps. Did you hear that? No, is that he true? Did, like a year or so ago. I like, I heard he cleaned house. I kind of like because that because he knows something's he knows. wrong. He knows. Yeah, he does know. I think he doesn't know what to do, yeah. how to correct it. Yeah, but I think he does know. Mm-hmm. I I would love to see him make a good movie again at some. Point. I think he could do it if mm-hmm. he. Maybe gets a little away from IP. For yes, example. the dreaded maybe, IP. Maybe something doesn't have to have been a comic book or no. a, or a children's book before. Sure, sure. These guys with this stuff, man, they love the IP. They, they love are. this children's mm. junk. Yeah. Just, a, I remember seeing Dark Shadows in the theater, and I yeah. was just like, I wanted to like it so badly. Absolutely. Yeah. And it was just like. I don't even know who this is for. No. It was for me, I thought. In theory, right. And then I realized, oh, it isn't. If not for me, then who? Then for, yeah. The, right. Yeah, that was uh, that was bleak. Yeah. Um, so you're do, you, you, the, who's, who's on blank check now? Who's, the, who's who? uh, Stanley Kubrick. Okay. The master. The master. The master. You got to see, you know the one you got to see is Barry Lyndon. Barry, I I'm mean, telling you. This is the secret masterpiece. And you know what? And people don't know it's actually a comedy. If you actually pay really close it's attention, really it's funny. funny. It's He's actually dumb. funny. You watch it and it's just like three and a half hours. Look, I love Barry Lyndon. I do too. But yeah. I'm teasing the people yes. who are so uh, so desperate to 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 kind of reconfigure the perception yes. of the catalog, of the oeuvre, the sure. filmography, to say, actually, this one's the masterpiece. I I mean, I feel like you probably fall into this as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I think on Blank Check a lot, we will make fun of 
things that people say, and then listeners will extrapolate from that, why do you hate that movie? Mm -hmm. And we have to say, no, I actually like that movie a lot. I think the way most people talk about it is dumb. I am purely sure. mocking yeah. the things that people say. That's what gets me mad. 99% right. of the time, when I get mad at something, yeah. I'm not even mad at the thing. No. I'm mad at people talking about the right. thing. I'm like, I, I basically like most things. Yeah, and I'm just like... And then people make me dislike things. When people are like, oh, this thing is everything. I'm like, well, maybe, call it, maybe not everything. Let's call now it. Now I'm mad at the thing. Sure. Now, I'm now, mad at right. you and the thing. You've made me mad at the thing, yeah. which was the opposite of what you were trying I to say, do. Stop making me mad at these things. I know. Let me, I li- let me like things. That's what, like things? Ultimately, yeah. let people like things. That's all I say. That's all I say. It's just, it's very simple. Mm. Can I like a thing? Can you not just have to make every, you know, everybody wants, there's always got to be a champion. Everybody wants to know who's the champion, who's the top of the pyramid, Mm -hmm. who's the best. Every era needs a champion. Yes. And you need it in stand-up the way it would be in stand-up when it would be like, uh, oh, you knew the greatest stand-up, Chris Rock's greatest stand-up on the planet. And then suddenly Mm -hmm. he checked out of stand-up for a little bit Mm -hmm. and suddenly it's like, well, who's the next best? And they're like, oh, Louis C.K.'s the best. Like everybody has to declare who's the best right now. We're all just fighting for number two. It's not even a competition. He's number one. But people are obsessed with who's the 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 champ. Yes. And then it's after that, it's like, who's who's next? It's like, oh, John Mulaney's the best. In it. And it's like, well, and I love John Mulaney. But it's just this panic yes. to declare, to to speak in absolute. Yeah, here's another thing. Uh, and, and different, you know, different examples between these guys. Well, pattern between the guys you mentioned, at some point, there's some sort of like backlash, mm-hmm. whether it is their yeah. fault or not. Mm-hmm. It does feel like the second you get anointed the champion. Yeah. You're in trouble. Oh yeah, no. Then people gun for the champ. Absolutely, and 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 maybe perhaps the champ guns for themselves as well. I want to make yeah. it clear I'm not claiming this is a character assassination, mm-hmm. but it does not feel like a, a comfortable place to be when everyone's saying, "Oh, undeniably the guy, yeah, the number one guy." We all we, agree. Have we not seen this before? We know how where this goes. goes. We know how it goes. Exactly. Yeah. You people don't want somebody to stay on top. No. No. You want them to get on top, then yes. you're just kind of like. I think I hate them yeah. now. Yeah, Tim Burton. Tim Burton. We hate him. He, there was a moment where he was the champ, probably. Tim Burton was the champ. We'll look when he had Batman. Batman. Everybody loved Batman. Biggest blockbuster. Yeah. Yeah. Top of the world. Yeah. Yeah. And you look at it now, and you're just kind of like, this one's not so good. They wouldn't let him near Batman. Can you imagine now a clunky, clunky Batman he'd make? It, the Batman he made, yes, so much closer to the TV show than anybody. It, it is thought. wild. It is wild how much effort they had to spend going like, no, it's going to be very, very dark and serious, yeah. not like the Adam West yeah. show. And now you yeah. look at it and you're like, that was the last time Batman was fun. Yeah, because then you're like, they're like, this Batman is dark. This Batman is serious. Oh, uh, hey, what should we do for the music? Well, Prince wrote a song called <laughs> Bad Dance. He wrote an album. Prince wrote yeah. an entire yeah. album. He stewed on Batman mm-hmm. long enough to whip out eight yeah. tracks. And it was also the beginning of the end for Prince, yes. too. That was the first Bad Prince album, was that Batman album. Right. I know Dudio's going to, uh, his head's going to explode. Do you know how many times Jason Dudio Gore saw Batman in a theater? The first Batman. No. Throw out a number. I love Jason. I say this with no disrespect. Going to guess Eight. Oh, there's an eight in the number, but drop a three in front of it. 
38 times. 38 times in theaters? He saw 38 times. 38 times. At the, wow. Wow. That is impressive. One for Batman, please. Oh, this kid's back again. Imagine he comes walking up to the thing and they're just like, it's that Batman kid again. They should have just let him sublet a seat at that yeah. point. Just said, just like with a plaque, yeah. Like when you like at the theater, like the, the like a like a park theater, bench, like, like a park Broad, bench, Broadway theater, nonprofit, like, exactly. Yeah. Just a, a like a brass plaque, Jason Gore. He could have created like uh, WeWork decades earlier. It's yeah. a, I. This is my cooperative yeah. workspace. This yeah. we watch. <laughs> we watch. <laughs> we watch Batman. Got my little plaque. This is where I go watch Batman. Yeah, yeah. Thirty-eight times. Thirty-eight, eh, Jason? 38 times. Yeah. I'm impressed. Yeah, I'm impressed. I because I, I like movies a lot. I've not I've not gotten close to that number. I saw Tron probably twelve times. Really? The yes. I love Tron. I don't. I really? went and watched it the first time I saw it after that run of <clears throat> sure. clear cry for help, uh, mental illness uh, on display, going over and over to see Tron. Like I was at a theater near my house. I would ride my bike to the theater. <laughs> it's the seven thirty show, Tron. Yeah. This this is and this is this is the ultimate low point, everybody. Sure. The theater was a really crappy old theater. I'd ride my bike partway through my my Tron run, mm. start bringing a pillow to sit on because the theater seats were so uncomfortable. So I you... walked into I went up uh, one uh-huh. for Tron, please. And go up. Said <laughs> walk in with a pillow. Yeah. Chain my bike up. And then uh, go sit and watch Tron again. So you were you were basically crying out for someone to stop you from watching Tron. You were waiting for someone to go, Tom, mm-hmm. what is going on here? Is this a problem? Yeah. Do you need to talk to somebody? And instead you <sighs> kept buying tickets for Tron? What was that? Who just grunted? Gore. <coughs> I just, I, yeah, it's, it was a thing. Mm-hmm. What I was crying out for was another Star Wars movie, and this was the closest sure. I was going to get. Sure. Uh, I, when I was in uh, middle school, our our computers teacher mm-hmm. decided to show us Tron. Mm-hmm. It was one of those, uh, you know, probably right before Thanksgiving or whatever, free-for-alls. Yeah. Where they're like, if any teacher has an idea for something that could take up four periods mm-hmm. and the rest of us can clock out early, please raise your hand. Computer teacher said, I think if I show the kids Tron, they'll have a better understanding of how computers work. Sure. It's a very realistic film. No, of course it is because there's the master control program right. and they send uh, the different uh, characters to the battle. Yes. <laughs> battle grid. They got to do discus. The they got to do the discus. Um, yeah. So, so I had already seen Tron several times at that point. I was mm-hmm. a big, big fan of uh, Tron uh, mm-hmm. as a similar uh, lonely boy crying out for help. And... I talked it up to everybody. Mm-hmm. I was like, you don't know how fucking lucky we are. Yeah. This is going to be one of those dumb movies they make us watch for school. This is Tron. Tron yeah. rips. Get mm-hmm. ready. Yeah. And we start, and that film opens with the the opening Chiron mm-hmm. explaining, yeah. like, in, in the computer there is this and that. It just dumps, like, <clears throat> six pages worth of exposition. Yeah. Everyone checks out immediately. Everyone checks yeah. out. And then the film does not really have a crackerjack start. It's pretty slow. It's pretty yeah. leisurely paced. Mm-hmm. Everyone's like done. So now people are like punching each other and French yeah. kissing each other and yelling and doing bits mm-hmm. and whatever. The teachers are trying to calm everyone down. Mm-hmm. And the the computer teacher stands up and he pauses the movie and he goes like, if you don't pay attention and watch Tron, we're going to make you all go back to class. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to do actual yeah. schoolwork. Yeah. 
and someone raises their hand and says, but it's too late for us to watch the movie now because none of us know what happened in the first 30 minutes. And one kid cries out from the back of the room. Yeah. Griffin knows what happens in Tron. Oh, my God. And they made me stand in front of the class and explain the lore of Tron to... Yeah. Avoid having to do schoolwork. And I had to reveal the depth to which I knew so you the labyrinthian plot of Tron. So you're up there saying, uh, does everybody remember Sark? <laughs> it's a character Sark. Because uh, there's Flynn, right, who was. Right. Uh, he fights for the users. Yeah, he fights for the users. Right. And the other thing about this Tron 2 that they made Legacy. Tron Legacy. Mm-hmm. There's a moment when he's like, I'm going back to the arcade, and all the games are still there. It's like there's like there's like two million dollars worth of vintage arcade games, and they're just covered in tarps, covered in t- cobwebs. Yeah, it's like as if you just who's paying rent on this place? Right. You open that in Gowanus, you make a million dollars first week. You put exactly. that collection yeah. of arcade yeah. machines. You just open up, you're rich. The hippest neighbor. You put in Silver Lake. Could you imagine you Could have you every imagine? vintage game untouched since untouched. 1982. Cobwebs. Who's yeah. paying rent on this? <laughs> Tron. Tron. Yeah. yeah. Now, um, what I'm going to do... Mm. Gonna take a couple calls. Is that all right? All Please, right. yeah, wanna, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, sit back and yeah. relax. It's a fun show. Fun mm-hmm. show we got. Having a great time. Having Good. a great time. Thank you for having let me, me take, here. Let me take. Hi, everybody. Tim Heidecker here. We have a brand new Office Hours that just came out of the oven. We've got legendary psych rocker Ty Siegel, and Doug is back from down under. Goodbye. Goodbye. And his mommy came with him. Mommy and Gary Lusenhop are here too. Alicia let me know that she finished the White Album, has thoughts on that. So much more on this legendary episode of Office Hours. Find us on your podcast app of choice or watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash office hours live. So who are the animals? Because I don't smell them. Let me go here. Okay, hot phones, hot phones. Go into the phones. Phones, phones. Here we go. Phones. Best show. Yeah, hi. Looking for uh, Tom. Um, sh- sh- uh, hang on. Uh, sh- Tom. Sh- I-, I know I'm close. Tom. Uh, Tom Norpolstrop. Is is that right? Is that what it is? No, n- no, no, it's not. It's not Norpolstrop. Um, Tom is correct. It's Tom Sharpling. Oh, okay. Okay, got it. Um, hi, Tom. This is Dimitri at Halloween Haven up on Gus Brennan Boulevard. Um, I'm just checking to see if you were aware that those costumes you rented on Sunday were due back today. The costumes I rented? Yeah. Um, I, I, don't, I don't have any idea what you're talking about. Well, it says here you rented our entire set of ER cast member costumes, um, including Nurse Adams, uh, Dr. Carter, Nurse Marquez, uh, Dr. Green, Dr. Kovac, Dr. Debenko, and and several others. Um, that's not ringing a bell. Is that correct? This is not ringing a bell. You're sure? It's basically 
It's 13 sets of lab coats, uh, stethoscopes, and clipboards. Uh, it's the name tags that really make them uh, special. But you mm-hmm. don't you don't have those. Is that correct? I do not. Oh, there must be some sort of error here. Um, um, hey, what is this? A radio show? What are you doing? Well, it is. It's a radio show. It's a it's a live radio show oh. that becomes a podcast uh, the next day. Tomorrow, oh, tomorrow. cool. Uh, like Wendy Williams or Joe Rogan or uh, Rush Limbaugh Jr. I didn't know there was a Rush Limbaugh Jr. Oh, he's great. He's really good. How old is Rush Limbaugh Jr.? It's interesting. He's 17, but he's totally bald. That is interesting. That is yeah. actually very interesting. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Um. well, now that I know I'm, I'm, I'm on the air, is my audio okay? Your audio is outstanding, Dimitri. Oh, good. I was hoping because I got one of those new ultra clear phones at Radio Hut. Have you heard about these things? The new Radio Hut phones. I've heard of them. I don't. I don't have one. Um, I know people are really getting jazzed about that stuff. Yes. Word of warning: They're great. Although I do, I, I wish the fuel tank was a little less uh, obtrusive. There's a fuel tank? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it sounds so clear because of the little engine attached to it that powers the crystal clear audio generator. But the, the intake hole, it's pretty tiny, and, and the gasoline tends to you know to spill everywhere because the funnel they give you isn't quite the right size. So this either. is a gas-powered phone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that does not sound particularly practical. Well, it sounds really good, but... Honestly, it, it's you know, because the fuel's so you know it's so messy. The phone's both slippery and also flagrantly flammable at the same time. So it's it, it's a real catch twenty two. It it sounds like a real catch twenty two. Yeah, yeah. Hey, do you play records on your show? Sometimes. Oh, maybe you can help me with this. Um, some guy was in the store today returning a Todd Rundgren costume, and he was singing this song. Mm-hmm. That was so powerful, really cinematic. It really just had like this feeling that's from another, just another planet. Um, but he left before I could ask him what it was. Mm-hmm. So I only caught like one line of it. And and I'm sure you'll know what it is. Um, I'll sing it for you if that's okay. Oh, yeah. Maybe I can guess it. Sure. It, it went something like, outside the streets on fire, it's a real what is that um that's not todd rundgren oh and you got some words wrong in it it's oh it's a bruce springsteen song called oh. jungle land but you said jungle fight what's jungle, it called jungle fight no jungle land and you said jungle land you said that on the streets on fire in a real death wish seven it's death no, it's not Death Wish 7. Oh, but it is Bruce Springsteen. It is Bruce Springsteen, yeah. Oh, okay. I I thought it might be um, the theme to that Death Wish sitcom that the Shout Network aired in the late 80s, uh, Kersey's Kids, but it's not that? Kersey's Kids? You mean Paul Kersey? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. Um, I didn't know they did a Death Wish TV series. Well, yeah, it didn't last long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it was um, Kersey's kids because 
Charles Bronson's character was named Paul Kersey. Yes. Yeah. And this is Kersey's kids. Yes. And basically, you know, you know something that, that people don't really realize when they watch these violent movies with high body counts is that not only are the families of, of the good guys who were killed damaged and, you know, irrevocab- irrevocably uh, altered, but so are the families of the, of the banditos that the, that the hero killed, you know? The, the banditos. See, yes, yes, yes. Oh, see, okay, okay. Uh, this, uh, yeah. Okay. So essentially, the the log line for for Kersey's kids was uh, "Street justice vigilante is found culpable in the deaths of five looters and must take in and raise their children, often with hilarious results." So, because he was found guilty of murdering people, the court assigned him to to be like a, a, a foster parent. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Per- perfectly worded. Yeah. To yeah. It's five a, it's a children. Yeah. It's a spinoff from death wish three. So all the children he has to take care of are, are uh, young punk rockers. Oh, so like kind of like from the gang from the movie yes. from Manny Fraker, yeah. Manny Fraker yeah. was the guy who ran the gang in death wish three. Right. Yes. So some of his henchmen had had young had kids, and then that you know, of course, so there's no one to raise them now. So it's these kids aged like I don't know six to seventeen. Uh, Leaving Junior actually played the youngest kid, Thrasher. Who did? Leaving Junior. Leave uh, from from fear. Yes. Yeah. His yeah. son mm-hmm. was in Cursey's kids. Yes. Yeah. And the great thing. My favorite part of Kersey's kids was that that Thrasher's catchphrase was that great line that everyone loves from Death Wish Three. I'm sure you know what it is. Oh, well, I mean, of course I do. It's you're talking about the scene when, when, when he was on the fire escape. Yes. When Bennett was on the fire escape. Right. And the gang is, and he pulls out this old machine gun from World War Two to start and... mowing down the creeps. Right. And then the gun jams and you hear the most obvious loop line saying, and I'm not going to say the word, says, it's not working. Kill the MFR. Yeah. Screamed. And like a, yeah. And <laughs> they, then they come up the fire escape and, and beat him up. Right. Yeah, so he he said that line a lot, and it got big laughs. And they uh, sometimes they they bleep it, and sometimes they didn't. So sometimes they would just let it ride on yes, network yeah. television. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it, it was on. It was on at ten thirty. Oh, okay. So they would allow the f word at ten thirty yeah. on oh, yeah. television. Yeah. Okay. Hey, you know, not to toot my own whore, but um, before wait, I was hold on, wait, before the, you move on, with, not to toot what. Uh, to my own horn? Uh, horn. Please, that's a very is, bad one. Is that what it is? It's horn. I've been saying it that way my entire life. Yeah, and, no and wonder everybody hates me. Everybody hates you, right? Oh, my God. It's horn. I said it, fi- I said it five times before I just said it today. Just trust me on this one, Dimitri. Oh, horn. Okay. I'm, I'm so embarrassed. Uh, oh. a guy, I, yeah. 
All right. Well, anyway, before I was forced out of the biz, uh, I wrote and sang the theme songs for a bunch of Shout Network shows back in the late aughts. Okay. Like which ones? Well, I'll I'll sing the one that's probably most well-known, and I'm sure you and all your listeners will <laughs> will get it immediately. Are you ready? Oh, I'm, I'm ready. Oh. Okay. <clears throat> and there will always be a seat at the table when love comes home. There'll always be a seat at the table when love comes home. Yes. And what is that from now? <gasps> Are you serious? I am. Oh. What is it? it what? Um, it's, it's the same theme song to the very powerful yet short-lived Shout Network show, The Morning Zoo. There was a show called The Morning Zoo. Yes. It only ran for eight episodes, though. Okay. And what was that show about? Well, honestly, it, it was a pretty innocuous, fairly predictable sitcom about a divorced dad who gets visitation rights every other weekend with his, his uh, uh, I think he, he had four children. Yeah. Okay. And so half of an episode is his crazy life as a, you know, as a wild radio DJ, almost like Johnny Fever. And the other half is him trying to be a good dad to his kids when he gets them. Um, you know, on, on, on Friday night. So, and, you know, it, it was a cool show that never got a chance firstly because of, of its name. Uh-huh. Um, I guess they thought it was clever for the main character's name to be Bobby morning, but spelled with an O U like, like morning the dead. Sure. So they went with, so, okay. So, to the casual viewer who's just like seeing this in TV Guide or whatever, it looked like it was going to be a super depressing drama about like an animal cemetery or something. Like a morning zoo. Yes. Isn't that weird? It's very tragic when you say it that way. Yeah. And at one point, Stephen King got wind of it and he was going to go full cork press uh, on the Shout Network until they full they what? It out. Full what? Full cork press? Full, what? Full court press not cork what is it oh i thought it was cork it's not cork dimitri crap all right well anyway the show went serious way too early Mm -hmm. fourth episode yeah well basically um bobby (laughs) played by the great jackie earl haley um he takes the kids on on a drive and during this drive he swerves to miss a, a a hedgehog that's in the road and they go over a guardrail and they end up upside down in the car in a gulch. No one saw it happen, though. So no one knows they're down there. So they're stuck in the gulch. They're stuck there. No one's killed. But two of the four kids are unconscious. And Bobby has this huge gash across his face. Uh-huh. Like, there's blood in his mouth. Like I said, no one knows they're down there. So it's really terrifying. It's like a sitcom, too. So. The whole episode is basically Bobby telling the kids his life story. And in the, in the process of telling them, he reveals his real name is Hans Kreutendruber, a former Gestapo agent who escaped Germany in a piano crate uh, and had flagrantly uh, drastic plastic surgery and was given a new life as a hard partying DJ in Indianapolis. So... so. He was literally a Nazi. Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah. In disguise. Yeah. I mean, that's a fifth season idea if ever there was one. I mean, like, imagine if Steve Urkel got arrested for poisoning that neighbor in season one and not in season five. It would be a whole different thing. Well, he didn't poison the neighbor, did he? No, you're right. He stabbed him in the eye. That I don't know if he did that either. Well, he kidnapped someone, didn't he? Uh, look, I didn't watch that show very closely, so it could have happened. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm right. Okay. But, uh, yeah, but yeah. you know. Let's just say and, you're right. Yeah, okay, yes. All right. So anyway, by, by the eighth episode of, of The Morning Zoo, they, you know, th- th- that episode tanked them. So they know it's going to be canceled. So they went all out on what was going to be the final episode, which only aired once. The final episode only aired once, eh? Yeah, yeah. It's too shocking to describe over the uh, over public airwaves, but I'll just say it involved a pep rally, a stolen Hummer, and a homemade guillotine. Well, that sounds gruesome. I know, right? Oh, that, that no wonder that show. But you did the music. What did you do now? Well, I I I wrote the theme for it. The theme know, and, for and, this. Oh yeah, yeah, and. and by by 2008, I became the main writer for all the Shout TV themes. They were even calling me Alan Thicker, and not just because of my... Yeah, I had to bleep that. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I wanted to impress some people out there. Crap. Okay. Uh, but I did, I did a lot of themes. Um, off the top of my head... Uh... Uncle Steve's place, uh, trust your mechanic, Shorty and the Iceman, Flesh Dunce, the Overnight, Flesh Dunce, dra- yes, uh, when you get drafted, Safety Last, uh, Terminal Preppy, uh, the Peligros, uh, Gone with My Wind, to name just a couple. You had a good run. You had a good I run. Did. I did. Yeah, I did, and I, and I was getting real well known in that world, and wouldn't you know it. I'm getting some some heat and I get approached by this veteran manager named Rupert. And mm. as the old cliche goes, he said, I'm going to make you a star. Yeah. How'd that go? Well, first thing Rupert did was change my name to uh, Todd Flexman. Todd Flexman. Yes. Okay. Yeah. He, he said it sounded a lot sexier than my real name. Which is? Dimitri Y. Hoffnagel. I would actually, I see what, I see what Rupert was talking about. Yeah. He said, I'm so tired of these names that sound like questions. Like, I guess it's a thing. Names that sound like questions. Yeah. Okay. What was your name again? Rup- Dimitri. Uh, Dimitri. Why Huffnagel. So the why he read it, he saw his like literally why. The word why. Yeah. 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 Like Dimitri comma. Why Huffnagel? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So he he thought that would not be good for my career, and I you know I I was I was in agreement on on that. And I, I honestly I've never been sure of the origins of the name Huffnagel, but I was told that that's for the best. Well, look, sometimes you just don't want to overturn those rocks. Uh, yeah. So Rupert, uh, he got me signed to this very hip label called Matador. Have you ever heard of them? Matador Records. Yeah, I have. I did not oh know God. you were signed. I don't remember Todd Flexman being on Matador. Well, there's a reason. But so 
I get signed. <laughs> the night I got signed, oh my God. I thought I knew how to party. One of those guys, he really knows how to party. And who was that? I'm not going to say. Okay. Yeah. Not the guy in Texas. Um, so we cut a couple singles with this guy, Britt Daniel, producing. Have you heard of him? He has a, has a band called The Spoon. Britt Daniel. It's, they're called Spoon, not The Spoon. Oh, crap. I, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm finding out that I've, I've embarrassed myself a million times and I never even knew about it. I was calling them The Spoon in mm-hmm. front of them. No, they're but, just called uh, Spoon. All right. Good guy, though. Never sweats. Never saw him sweat. Well, that's a that's an attribute, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So first single we do is uh, this song I thought I thought was pretty good. It's called Do You Feel It? And then in parentheses was the words, uh, my thing. Um, and um, so I was getting some pretty good airplay in parts of some really key states like Maine, uh, Delaware, and Alaska. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the major markets. But yeah, yeah, big stuff. But uh, I'll be honest, uh, by that point, Rupert, he was already starting to lose his spark a little bit. He was an older guy, so he started uh, started dropping the ball and pulling various choke jobs. So, now how, uh, how old are we talking? Well, back then, Rupert was probably 70. Okay, that's getting up there for a manager yeah. of a new artist. Yeah. yeah, I think he's at least 100 now. Um, but... Um, you know, uh, so fast forward a little bit, a couple months, I meet this young lady at a BMI convention and we hit it off. She's a singer. I'm a singer. We get engaged. Things are going great. But mm-hmm. Tom, you know how it is. I mean, we're we're men. Our, our eyes and sometimes other parts of us experience a, a flagrant wanderlust. Okay. Interested and, uh, to see where this goes. Well, let's just say one specific part of me did a lot of wandering, and um, I ended up, you know, really getting involved with and falling for this other woman who, though she would later try to kill me in a cement mixer, um, totally had me in her thrall. Uh, okay, uh, 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 all right. Um, uh, tell tell me more. Okay, so. All right. So anyway, so I'm still with my fiance and we had these plans to go uh, have a really nice dinner at Los Amigos FP, which is, you know, it's very exclusive, very hard to get into unless you have severe juice or on a first name basis with the host Ramon. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I get to the restaurant early and I go up to R- Ramon and I, and I say, hola, mi amigo, which for some reason he really seemed to hate. I could see it in his eyes. Mm-hmm. Well, like, maybe he thought it was patronizing. Is there? Any- I don't. I don't know. I was. He was. Yeah. He was angry. So I go. I, I, I need a special table because um, I, I'm going to break up with my fiance tonight. And he goes, "Oh, I'm so sorry, Mister Flex." And then, <laughs> stupid me, I start telling Ramon all the things about my soon-to-be ex-fiance that, that really bug me, and I turn around. And my fiance has been standing behind me the whole time mm-hmm. with her parents, with her parents and a video crew from entertainment tonight. Sure. And like what were things rolling. they were rolling film at the time and yeah. what things were you saying? I mean, I made up half of it. Okay. So it was really bad stuff, but I don't want to say, sure. I, I can't say, but, but, uh, um, 
they got it all on film, and that was basically it for old Todd Flexman. Yeah, that that's a good way to. I could see that being. That's a wrap on Todd Flexman. <laughs> it was, and Ramon even pulled my pants. Can down you can you stop she, can you stop rolling the R's on Ramon? It's very patronizing. Okay, I'm sorry. Very okay. offensive. Ramon, okay, Ramon even pulled my pants down and shoved me into the dining room. It was packed dining room, and it was so embarrassing. Everyone from George Clooney to Naomi Judd saw my junk. Well, that's unfortunate. Very, very sad, as our our former president would say. Very sad. Mm -hmm. He would say that. um, Yeah. But what totally sucks about this whole thing is that my fiance went on to pretty substantial success. Really? Yes. Please tell me more about the success. Well, you know her as Lana Del Rey. Oh, okay. Sure. That was your fiance. Yes. Do you mm-hmm. know that song, Dark Paradise on Born to Die? Oh, I definitely do. Yes. Well, it's about me. Oh, no. That's a rough one. <laughs> it that is, is it a is. really rough one. It is. And I, I had to say, I'm very thankful that though it's known here, it, it wasn't really a big hit in America, but. It was a top five song in Poland. I'm not kidding. Mm-hmm. And to this day, once a month, I get somebody from Poland tracking me down, asking me to sign a copy of the single. Because you're the subject matter. Yes. There are, there's a whole group of these sickos out there who collect records signed by the person the song's about. That is a strange thing I did not know about. Awful. Uh, trying to think of some examples. Um, uh, Train in Vain by The Clash, signed by Viv, Viv Albertine by The Slits, from The Slits. Mm-hmm. Um, Sweet Home Alabama, signed by Neil Young. Uh, Death on Two Legs by Queen, signed by their manager, Norman Sheffield. Okay. Um, Gigi Allen's You Hate Me, I Hate You, signed by Michelle Pfeiffer. I didn't know that was, that, that Gigi Allen wrote a song about Michelle Pfeiffer and how much they hated each other. Yeah, they dated for a few months. She was shooting some mm-hmm. flick in New Hampshire, and they met. I guess he was doing some grip work, and then he really started doing some <laughs> Gigi grip work. Allen was doing grip work on a Michelle Pfeiffer movie. Yeah, he was apparently very good. Very good. Very, uh, <laughs> he does not seem yeah. reliable. Good work ethic, from what I heard. Well, uh, more power to him, I guess. I don't know what yeah. to say to that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. So I get dropped by Matador because of, you know, how horrible I, I was made to look. And uh, so Rupert and I, we put out a single on our own label, Rupertronic Soundscapes. Rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? Rupertronic Soundscapes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. But, you know, my name was Mud. I couldn't get anything going. And um, it was a good song, too. You know, it was, it was much harder than the, the tepid crap I, I'd been doing before. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I think I sang it with real conviction because it was it was a real life story, and uh, the chorus was great. It was um, you got me living like a dog in a literal dog cage, which was true. You were living in a dog cage. I was. I'll tell you, man. Love makes you do strange things. Uh, living in a dog cage for for one, and truthfully, it, it was it was a crate. It wasn't really a cage. Okay. Yeah, but still, you know, it's uh, it's quite a life, right? I don't know, man. That's oh boy. Yeah, and now you're now you're checking on whether the Halloween costumes are uh, returned. 
well, don't be condescending. I, I'm. It's looking like I'm going to be a system manager. So that's exciting. I'm not judging so it. So hold Good. your hold your ju- your contempt. I can hear it dripping off your. It's not. Your I'm tongue. Well, no contempt oh, from me. Wait, what? Oh, what? No. What? Oh no. What? Oh, no. What? Well, well, I I guess what they say about the best show being the favorite podcast of the entertainment business's oldest, most decrepit, but also most violent manager is true. Okay, how so? It's Rupert. Rupert is a hundred. Yeah. He he must have heard me saying he dropped balls and pulled choke jobs and I'm looking out the window and he's in the Halloween Haven parking lot right now, Tom. Okay. Yeah, he just uh, he just pulled up on his hospital bed on wheels. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, I I'll be honest, truthfully, at right now I, I I'm not really that afraid of Rupert. I'm it, it's the true uh, the two troglodytic goons who push him around in the hospital bed who really freak me the f out i would be scared of all of it if i was you well well i'm gonna shut out all the lights um and pretend that we were never open so Mm -hmm. um i'll do that right now and um please just return the costumes tomorrow please they're not my costumes i'm already already getting calls to uh hold uh dr kavanaugh and nurse willoughby so if you could just do that that would be much appreciated can i say one final thing to you uh absolutely yes yeah 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 Every time I close my eyes, it's like a dark paradise. <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to make you cry. I thought you'd think it was funny. No. I thought you thought... Why did she? Why did she do that to me? All I did was do something really awful to her. That's all you did was say something really awful. And yeah, I did some terrible things too that I'm not going to tell you. We're not. Now. Yeah, let's not get into that. All right, bye bye. Bye bye. Mm. How about that? Let's see. Let me check the time here. So, what about this? How, we got to go. We got a Rob Halford interview. We we're going to go to. Let's talk for a few more minutes. Okay. Is that all right? Yeah, Is that all right? Yeah, no, happily. Griffin yes. Newman. Now, Griffin, you, oh, I'm going to just say this. Yes, do it. I, I love your acting. Thank you. The tick, you were, you took on the Arthur Yes, role, yes. Inher- you previously inherited from uh, Mickey Dolenz. Mickey Dolenz was the originator, yeah. Yes, yeah. you took over and kept the, did you go to him for? Did you ever come across him in anything? I, I I messaged with him. Okay, I did. I've not gotten to meet him in person mm-hmm. yet. There've been a couple near misses. He he's been mm-hmm. very nice and supportive. But I, yeah. you know, we we all are in Mickey's shadows. You yeah. You you know you cannot oh, avoid stepping in his footsteps. So you have to just do it with a, a confidence and an yeah. awareness that you owe it all to the big man mm-hmm. to the mixer. Sure. Yeah. Yes. The other acting you do, you did, uh, you do some, do you do some voice things? You do a lot yeah. of voice yes. things? Yes, like, yes, yes. Like, like what, what could we, where could we hear your voice? Uh, Masters of the Universe Revelation, mm-hmm. the uh, He-Man reboot for okay. Netflix, that is. Uh, I play Orko. Okay. I'm in a, uh, a Disney movie. Okay. Uh, coming out called Disenchanted. Okay. I play, play a little chipmunk. Mm-hmm. Some of the things, yeah. Dicktown. Okay. With uh, John Hodgman, Hodgman and, and uh, uh, David, David Rees. Rees. That's a wonderful show. Yeah. Very funny. Yeah. 
Hopefully it comes back. I, I hope so, yeah. It's one of my favorite shows. And hopefully they give me a, uh, they put me in it. I don't well. know. Uh, apparently my number got lost when it was time to cast uh, one of the 38 roles that they had in Dick, the two seasons of Dicktown they've done. Apparently uh, the, the, the S card fell out of sure. Hodgman's Rolodex. Sure. And John Re- and, and David Reese's Rolodex. I mean, the fact that it was both of theirs. It's like a bird flew by and picked both of their Rolodexes. Two independent Rolodexes. Rolodex eye. Yeah. Rolodex eye, sorry. Yeah. Um, no, that and, but then the thing I love the most, you sure. know, is the George Lucas talk show. You portray, you bring Watto to Watto. life. The great character Watto. The uh, haggling, uh, gambling addict, junk shop owner. Yes. From the Phantom Menace. That some the might clones. say is... Anti-Semitic stereotype. Yes. yes. Uh, um, and I, as, as a Jew, uh, was very drawn to this character as a, as a child. Mm-hmm. And then over time have tried to reckon with why he speaks to mm-hmm. me so uh, deeply. I don't. I think if it's offensive when people say that George Lucas does these racial, broad racial mm. caricatures of things, because like, look in the in the original Star Wars trilogy, he had uh, these little creepy characters who just were only interested in selling and things, and and their names were Jawas, mm. which is a J and a an A and a W, and mm. when. when Jew is an J and an E and a W. It's very different. It's very different. Yes. It's so different. Um, but Watto, and this is this is what the thing everybody wants to hear. You were doing a live charity fundraiser episode of the George right. Lucas talk show. This show this show is a, a Connor Ratliff, the great Connor Ratliff yes. plays George Lucas. Patrick yes. Cotner's our producer. And during yeah. the pandemic, we did it for years on stage. Mm-hmm. In New York, and during the pandemic, we would do these very long marathon streams where we try to raise money mm-hmm. for different uh, charitable causes at the beginning of the lockdown. Yes, and there was so everything was on the table to raise money, and there was one where you're just you're locked in because you know you needed uh, to do a long show, so you had a nice sandwich in front of you we'd go like 12 hours we'd have yes. to eat multiple meals on mm-hmm. camera and we start yeah. the stream and i'm so excited that my pastrami sandwich has arrived i call yeah. out my excitement yeah to eat this pastrami sandwich and then i was looking to donate money to the sh- to the cause which was a, a which i forget which charity was at that point they were all very uh, yeah. they were very worthwhile charities i don't this i don't not remember like, it's not like the alec Baldwin no, thing where no, he's no, like no. saying like my uh promote the uh this will go to the arts. Like, and he's like, this will go to the orchestra. I'm like, what the orchestra? We, know, we, we would, I think we'd pick good uh, targets, but yeah. you, uh, you would engage in what I, I heard you yourself refer to as antagonistic philanthropy. <laughs> so I basically, and I'm not proud of this, and I am proud of it at the same I time. Think you should one be. of those things. I think you should be. I said, Truly. how much to get you to throw that uh, pastrami sandwich off your fire escape? I think you first said, <laughs> I will give $100 if you throw the pastrami off the fire escape. I think we did a lot more than 100 well, no, I think you at first threw okay. out a number as a joke, and I said, there's yeah. absolutely no scenario in which I throw this mm-hmm. off a fire escape for $100. Yeah. I'm dying yeah. to eat this. Yeah. And then the question became, what is the number? Okay. And then the number became... I think it was a thousand dollars. I think it was a thousand dollar donation yeah. to this worthwhile charity. Yes, and you drop that thing off the fire escape, and there's a moment—the look in your eyes. Ninth floor. There's no way that sandwich is coming back. It's a nine no. floor, nine story drop. And you looked 
So sad. It it was uh look, it was a dark time for all yeah. of us. Oh no, we were all in locked in our homes. It's like April, May 2020. The world is on fire with racial horror. Yes. At you're, that point. You're looking for any little sliver of joy you yeah. can find. And for me that day, it was the idea of eating this pastrami yeah. sandwich, which had just arrived and looked so good. Yeah. And Lean then, cut. Yeah. And then it was truly I I could hear the sound effect. It did yeah. feel like a slide whistle and a Yeah. And a boom. This is all I'll say to you. Mm. When anytime I do those things, yeah, like the most recent one, I was like, "Yeah, I'll give uh, five hundred bucks if Patrick eats, uh, cooks some <laughs> toilet paper and eats it." It was a joke. Yeah, well, I meant that as a. I I swear uh-huh. on my mother's eyes. Yeah. I wrote that. May God strike me. May Christ strike me down right now. Yeah. May Christ. Oh no! I'm kidding. Like ah. That's the Don Rickles joke. He'd be like on the Tonight Show, be like, hey, "Johnny, I want to tell you a thing. If, you know, if God struck me down, <laughs> um, I throw these things out as jokes on the thing." And then Patrick's like, "Yeah, I'll do it." I, yeah. And I was like, ser- <clears throat> "I seriously immediately started saying, no, this is this is a joke." I was gonna say, I didn't know if you wanted me to pull the curtain back, but th- this was we were raising money for um, a National Abortion Access Fund. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was right after uh, Roe v. Wade had been stricken down. And we ended up raising $40,000. It was the biggest single stream we had had mm-hmm. for one yeah. of these. Um, and I, th- I think you offered even more money than that. Yeah. But uh, you you said if you cook toilet paper. Yeah. And so Patrick takes out a frying pan, puts some oil on it. We yeah. cover it in marinara sauce. We try to we it, try to zhuzh it up whatever way we can. Oh and God. you almost immediately start texting Patrick and say, Please don't. If I thought you were going to do this, I would have come up with a funnier thing. Yeah, because your also defense disgusting. was that's a first draft. Yeah, you shouldn't have said yes to this. But it's also truly disgusting. It was terrible. I mean, I ended up eating about half of it, which was not even part oh. of the donation, but it no, felt like was... the spirit caught me. Yeah, the spirit. A fork and knife. Mm. I lit a little candle and mm. I did like a little uh, lady in the tramp, red tablecloth mm-hmm. eating of this and toilet paper. It was, uh, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. It tasted bad. Well, I just want to take this opportunity mm. to apologize you to you. You owe no Okay, well, that's apology. all I'm saying. And you I owe want no to, apology. I also want to thank you for coming by. This is so exciting. Griffin Newman, you're one of my favorite people. You're oh, endlessly interesting to me. Thank you. I feel that I way talk about to you. I you for 100 hours. I feel that way about you. That's uh, very kind of you to say. Well, what, what can we look forward to next from a Griffin Newman? Uh, the blank check. We're doing Kubrick right now, and mm-hmm. then after that, we'll be doing uh, Henry Selleck. Okay. Starting right up. You got a yeah. new movie, Wendell and Wild's very good. I don't yeah, know if you've seen yeah. it yet. I have not seen it it's yet. It's an interesting movie. I'm interested. Uh, and then the, this this Disney film, Enchanted, comes out mm-hmm. November 18th Okay. on Disney+. Plus. I'm a little wisecracking chipmunk. I'm trying to gad my way to the bank. Mm-hmm. I would love to ride this thing like that's a buck and bronco. Right that's, that's the moment. That's the moment. That's <laughs> the moment where <laughs> the, <laughs> the pastrami um, has just been dropped. Yeah. You see in my eyes, I know. Yeah. I know that it will be hours before I end up getting any new food. The look in that person's eye says, I don't know if I'm going to make it through this pandemic. Truly, truly, no, no, truly, truly. And I'll say, actually, because I often forget this part of the story. Mm -hmm. You then doubled the bet, Uh or the donation, I should say. It wasn't a bet. You doubled the donation where if, uh, instead of reordering the pastrami or anything that Mm -hmm. would have been better, easier, or faster, if I ordered Chuck E. Cheese... So we ordered Chuck E. Cheese pizza, yeah. which took about three mm-hmm. hours to arrive, and was it was, no was not very good. Yeah, it was not very good. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
I thank you. You've given me so much entertainment. You helped me get through the pandemic, and I thank you. You you uh, really, uh, you helped the show a lot, not just in terms of donations, but many of those streams were an hour six and were running on fumes, uh and you say, well, this is a joke. I don't actually want you to do this, but we need something at that point in time. You're giving us material. I appreciate you coming in. I appreciate everything you do. Thank Thank you. you. Griffin Newman, everybody. Now, give me this camera. We're gonna go live. We're gonna go right now. We're gonna play the interview I did with the literally the number one legend of heavy metal, the one and only Rob Halford. I'm telling you, this is a good interview. We talk about comedy, heavy metal parking. Just, just play the interview. Let's do it. Well, look, the thing is on the best show, sometimes the guests we get, it's uh, full on bottom of the barrel dregs. But every once in a while, we get an actual legend comes through the door. And this is as legendary as you could possibly get. The literally, this is the metal god, the, the future Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductee one month from now, author of Biblical, which I read. Uh, in a furious panic, I got a copy a day and a half ago, read it in a flash. It's amazing. What a great book. We have the legend Rob Halford here with us. How are you today? I'm doing great. I'm doing even better now after that uh, phenomenal introduction. It's nice to know, it's nice to know that I'm not a drag. <laughs> the yes. drag. Is that a, is that a punk band from the seventies? The Dregs. I think the Dregs. Yeah, I think there were there were, there were the Dixie Dregs who were not a punk band. That, but then there were probably the Dregs also. Um, so when when you you waited so long to to tell your to write your autobiography, confess, but then you got kind of right back on the horse in the scheme of things with a second book. What was what was the impetus to do one? Uh, so relatively uh, soon after the first one. I think it's a little bit like when you're in a band and you're writing songs. When when the machine is is rolling and roaring along, mm-hmm. you, you you just you're having such a great ride and and you're experiencing uh, things creatively that are so special and so exciting that um, sometimes it's difficult to put the brakes on. And that's how it was with myself and Ian Gittings when we finished. The, the confess book because by then I'd also I'd already got this kind of thing in the back of my mind this little seed which is where all the ideas come from no matter what you do in a creative sense why don't we take the holy bible hmm. <laughs> with yeah. revelations and temptations and 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 uh, lamentations and all of these other beautiful uh, parts of, of life and and put them in a book uh, that that um, that we can utilize to send out the messages uh, of what it takes to get to be whatever you want to be or try to be in heavy metal rock and roll. And uh, that was where we, we took the, uh, the idea from. And it was like, yeah, it was pretty quick. It was pretty quick. And, and, and I think that um, all these years later, who knew as I was entering my 70th year that I was going to have the opportunity to, to make, firstly, uh, the autobiography confess, which, in retrospect, I think the best autobiographies take place later on in the life of the individual. Sure. Because by then, 
you've experienced so much in life and you feel you have something you might, you know, be able to share and people may have interest in. And, um, and so, yeah, it was new. It was new and, mm-hmm. and I, and I loved it. I enjoyed it so, so much that, uh, biblical was, um, waiting to go right up to we completed confess. Yeah. And it's really, it's a really nice second book also in the scheme of things, because it kind of expands upon Well, you, you told your story and now you can go deeper into certain aspects and it was really funny and thrilling. And, and the funny part of it, one of the big things I came away with was it's so clear how you have, you've needed to have a sense of humor to stay alive and to stay successful and thriving after 50 years in this line of work that I don't, is that how, how important is that to you? It's vital. It's absolutely vital. I'm really glad that I have that um, part of me that's alive because uh, yeah, what, what we do is serious stuff you know the whole thing of blood sweat and tears into making a song or making an album or making a band or making a tour is true it's real it, it happens um but if you don't if you're not able to find the balance to be able to kind of step away from that step outside the box and look in and look and look and see what you're doing and and and, and the way you're behaving if you can't if you can't look at some of that and smile or laugh then that's a shame. That really is a shame. Yeah. And I think that if you look at it, if you look at anybody that's had the blessings of success in the music industry or in the movies or whatever, people always seem to be coming out with these expressions of joy and happiness and laughing and, and stories and anecdotes about uh, what they've experienced to get to the place that they're at. Yeah, yeah, and you you make so many references to you reference Abfab and Steptoe and Son, and you're really, uh, I was like, wow, Rob's deep in the uh, deep in the <laughs> sitcoms here. What about? Uh, are you an Alan Partridge fan? Oh yes, huge. That guy's a genius. Oh my goodness. Same right. with same with Sasha Baron Cohen. You, you know uh, the these these people, Lenny Bruce, uh, George Carlin. Um, oh, they're so important. Mm-hmm. They're so important to us on yeah. on various levels. Some of them very deep mm-hmm. and and provocative and stimulating, and and uh, so yes, I, I come from a family where there was always laughter, no matter the the circumstances. Mm-hmm. We were always having a good t- good time as as much as we could, and 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 having humor and enjoying your life. Uh, is, is is important it completes us as people absolutely and one of the one of the sections i thought was a was a blast is when you when you talked about heavy metal parking lot and you really i think you ha- you 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 explained it with the it just hits that sweet spot of you can laugh with the kids in the parking lot but you're not laughing at the kids in the parking lot because they're in, they're having the time of their lives. Look, there's a little warts and all like some of the, the, you know, some of them might not be the way they were in 86 in 2022. Maybe, you know, some evolution could take place with one or two of the kids, but on the whole, 
there's just a purity to that, to hanging out and getting to see your favorite band is a beautiful thing. It's a, it's, it's a complete validation of everything that you're connecting yourself to. No different to tailgate parties before a ball game. Mm-hmm. Um, in, that, in that structure, I've always made references all the time between sports and music because this whole, this whole um, sustenance that's given to us by fans our fans, without our fans, we have nothing, or without our fans, we really can't complete what we're setting out to to, to, to to complete. You know, you hear about a ball game being won because the fans were screaming, you know, to get that point or to get that to get that hoop or to get that goal. And so um, this, this heavy metal parking lot has become like this little microcosm of, of, of like anthropology and society and culture as in, in that moment of time, it's a beautiful piece of work. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. It's very sweet, but it's very true. Yeah. And as somebody, I grew up in New Jersey. So this, that was, uh, I think it was a, a Baltimore. I think it was a, it's a Maryland. It was the show in Maryland was where heavy metal yes, it was, was. just outside yes. DC. And it's so funny. The accent that, that Baltimore accent, the what both, a great accent and that classic, uh, you know, a jump is bounds. That the bounds. <laughs> I need to have a t-shirt made with that. And I wonder if that lady tried Mark. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, um, at what point you having this this amazing long career? At what point did you realize, like, oh my god, I I might be able to do this for my life. Was there a moment? Because we never know how long or short things are going to be. Projects, uh, bands, TV, writing for you know TV shows, whatever we all do. Who knows how long things go? But there, what was the moment when you realized, wow, this is not stopping? I think it was when my knees started to ache. <laughs> <laughs> so you're really you're on the wrong side of it then. <laughs> You know, there's a great, I don't know, I always remember this this great moment in a Beatles interview when they were just exploding and somebody says to Ringo, do you think this is going to last? And he goes, oh, probably not. And he says, well, what are you going to do? Oh, I think I'll open a hairdressing salon, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. So it really is that, again, when you are in the public domain, without your fans taking you along, you don't know how long it's going to take or how long it's going to last. You have no clue. You really have no idea. Mm-hmm. And because in our world, uh, uh, at least priests' world, we seem to go in these five-year cycles from uh, thinking about writing a record to writing the songs to recording the songs to get the record ready for release to going out on these big world tours. Three to five years is just, it's, it's, it like evaporates you know, you do that three or four times, and there's over a decade that's gone. Yeah, and that's how it is with with um, with a lot of bands in, in that respect that have had a longevity. But I will say this: for a band to have been able to continue working for 50, over fifty years, and to still be relevant, and to still be loved, and to still and still have all of the right ingredients and components to make it real and believable. And coming from the truest, uh, purest place, um, 
is ex- it is extraordinary. It is extraordinary. I don't know of any other heavy metal band that it's that's had this uh, this remarkable opportunity to to go on for so long. No, it's it's really an amazing thing, and I think one of the reasons why it does continue uh, with the with the uh, strength is that you you never said well we're a legacy act we're we're just looking remember the 70s remember the 80s it's like judas priest has always been always had a foot in terms of yes we know what we've accomplished and we want to celebrate that but there's always been a forward momentum on the band also this has been vital to priest whenever we've toured apart from this one particularly to a cycle of 50 heavy metal years of Judas Priest, where we really celebrate so much of what we've done and achieved. Um, we've always gone out with a new record. That was what we start. That was the idea that we started with. The reason we're here is to play the songs that you already know, but more importantly to us, this is the, this is the new material. This is how we, we represent ourselves now. This is us in the 70s, the 80s, the 90s, the noughts. Mm-hmm. Each time we go out on stage, as we will for the next Priest record that's, that's just about done, it's to, it's to show off the, the, the things that we've created. And that, and that for us as a band, again, is important to us for, uh, for the reason of, yes, we, we can still go into a studio, start of a day and have nothing, but at the end of the day, we have a great song that we'll, we hope we'll eventually record and it's going to live forever. Mm-hmm. That's the great testimony to, to bands that, that, that still feel the, the need and the urgent and the hunger. There's always, and, and, the, and the inquisitiveness of the adventure. Yeah. What if we did this? What if we did that? You know, it, it's all about, it's all about um, the, uh, the need to express yourself uh, in in a in a new song or in a new album. Yeah, that's the exciting part about it because I've seen bands that are just going through the hits and playing the thing, and then you see people, you see acts that are still chasing it, and it's exciting. So, what does that feel like? Do you still when when it's time for a new Priest album? What is the mindset? I mean, are you you're are you looking to just like? How how great do you want to be when you do the next thing? And what does that take to keep chasing greatness? Not just... Yes, yes, absolutely. Well, I, I learned a long time ago that Nirvana is un, unreachable. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but but it's, a, it's a great place to, to, to keep aiming for. Sure. And, and, it, and, and it's also... Um, you know, why does LeBron James keep keep going out to play? Well, because he feels he's got a new move to show. He feels like he's he wants to show you how he gets getting from this end of the court to that end of the court with these moves that he's that he's coming up with. It's all about finding a new form of expression within something that we love and 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 and, and get great pleasure out of a band, a sports person, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. This thing that enamors us and, and, and puts us together is really important. And I just want to quickly address something here. Nostalgia. Mm-hmm. For the longest time, I had a real problem with nostalgia, what that word meant. Because in, 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 in my mind, for a period of my life, it just felt like, oh, it's all over. You know, we're, we're sure. in the nostalgic mode. 
Mm-hmm. Now I realise that was a really bad train of thought. I've, I've, I've learned and, and, and I've grown from that, ne- not negative, because I had that word negative, but that misconception of nostalgia. Because when you go and see Judas Priest and we play Breaking the Law or Living After Midnight, it's not 2022, it's 1980. And you're with your, girl, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your significant other, whoever, or by yourself. And you hear that song and you're at college, you're at school, you're at the, you're, you're the back of the bus, you're at the back of the car, you're on vacation. Mm-hmm. All of these beautiful, beautiful feelings and emotions are wrapped up in this word nostalgia. And so uh, I, we, I know that. We appreciate that as a band, mm-hmm. that the, 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 the emotional opportunities that are taking place when you play those songs because I see it on people's faces. I see it on our metal maniacs, you know, sometimes there are tears in the house because it's such a, it's such a significant memory. And that's the beauty of music, the way it it touches that time clock in our existence Mm -hmm. and, and brings us, uh, brings us from the, uh, the present to the past and back again. Absolutely. But it is that kind of thing though. You feel I, I at least I feel as an audience member, you can when a band is still a band and not just nostalgia. I look, I love my favorite songs being played in front of me as much as anybody, but there is just a secret sauce in there, something, some connective tissue that a, that artists who are still chasing it have just a there's a certain edge or whatever it is over people doing it in a vacuum. Yes. Commitment. Yes. Commitment, not going through the motions. When Mm -hmm. you see Mick Jagger running around and doing satisfaction, Mm -hmm. (laughs) he's believing it. He's living it. He's, he's really doing everything that he needs to do to show you how that song has lived so long and how he as a performer and the rest of the guys, how, how it still works. It's still legit. It's still legit. We're not just there for the money or for whatever. For whatever. Mm-hmm. They're, they're, they're doing it because it's passion. It's absolute passion and self-belief and, and still self-determination to ring out every nuance of that song for the 10,000th time. But at that moment, it's the first time it's being played again, if, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Because it is. And it's also... And and you've you you say it in the book that you need to get up for the show because it might be your ten thousandth time playing Living After Midnight, but there's people there that have been waiting their whole life to hear it once. And this is their yes. this is their moment. That 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 attitude of understanding your responsibility and not going on stage drunk and falling over or, or putting on a poor show. Or, or thinking, oh, because this is blah, blah, it's not as important as blah, blah. That is a terrible way to present yourself. Mm-hmm. And and again, that's a learning curve. That's a learning curve. I, I went through some of those feelings, uh, especially in, in my, you know, my drug and alcohol days, when all of the, the, the chemical interference affects you psychologically, along with, with all of the other things that you're dealing with in your life, be it sexual identity or whatever. Um, it's life, man. It's life. It's growing. It's getting wisdom. It's understanding about 
you know, the, the important things in life, which is, you know, being kind, being caring, giving, doing it all for the right reasons. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's, that's just, uh, there are some things that you can only gain through gain through, through living a long life. Sure. I know your time is tight, but just a couple more questions and we'll let you get on with your, your Friday. I should say Tuesday with the shows on Tuesday. So I'll just pretend I said, get on with your Tuesday. Um, it's, it's, it's so interesting for you to discuss the way you finally found like a modicum of, of peace and, and self possessed, like you're comfortable in your own skin. It seems more than you've ever been. Um, what, uh, but conversely, you need to go to places that are aggressive and, and pretty intense what is that? How do you get there when you're if you're feeling all this peace? How do you get into those songs then? <laughs> yeah. What does that take? Hang on, is this the same guy that does painkiller? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Brains out. Yeah. Hey, uh, firstly, it's real, and it is it is a place that I love going to because uh, it's the only place I can do do that and not be arrested. Um, it, it's just. Um, it's difficult to describe really there's a there's such a purity i say in the book that that's when i really truly feel alive when i'm when i'm doing the work that i do in judas priest mm-hmm. it just really completes me as a person mm-hmm. using my voice the voice the the, the, the singing part of my voice mm-hmm. is is such a such a place of a peace, which just seems nuts when you're hearing the intensity of the scream and the passion and the power and the energy and the, 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 the aggression and then the force. And yet this guy is in a, in a really sweet spot of peace and, and harmony. But, but I don't think I'm any different to a lot of my fellow screamers in heavy metal. Mm-hmm. It, it is such a, such a, an intrinsic part of what we do and what we're about and what we need to do. I really need to do this. I don't think I would be as um, able to be as, again, balanced in my life if I didn't know that there wasn't an opportunity coming up in a few days or a few weeks from now where I could walk out on that stage wherever it is in the world mm-hmm. and, and, and do this primordial uh, performance. Mm-hmm. Um, so how did because that... I'm able because I'm able to do that mm-hmm. and to walk away from it feeling complete and satisfied and, and not not coming off stage in in a in a in the same sense as I was on stage because again you really have to know when when you're on stage and when you're off stage you really have to be able to go back to that hotel after screaming you know in front of twenty thousand metal maniacs. And close at a hotel door at two o'clock in the morning, and you're by yourself. Yeah, that's. And this is when all the stuff starts to click and tick in your mind. You really have to be able to deal with that separation. So uh, we talk about that in biblical, the, the the mental part of being who you are in a band, mm-hmm. and understanding how to deal with the mental issues of who you are in a band is vital. Absolutely. Now, and uh, well, I'll just say one, I have one more question, but I do want to say, Rob, it's a true thrill to have you on the show and you deserve everything that's happening to you this year. And you wrote a second amazing book. Can't thank you enough for doing this. Can't uh, 
just it, it's you you are the top of the pyramid. There is a pyramid. You say what's the difference between you and the other screamers is that there's a pyramid and you are at the top of it. That would be the difference for me. That's, um, that's a beautiful thing to say. I really, really appreciate that. Thank you for being so uh, being so generous. Um, I've had a great time. I've had um, a really great time. Great. And the one last question, you, you mentioned you have a photo of Elvis before you go on stage. You were excited to meet Julio Iglesias a couple times. Um, who are some other uh, surprise heroes that, that we might not know about that you haven't uh, – told the world about for you well you, you love this one as you know we're, we're we're about to be inducted into the rock and roll hall of fame yeah uh, this year which is going to be a tremendous thrill it's and enormous. a tremendous honor dolly parton uh, um, <laughs> i want myself selfie mm-hmm. with dolly parton the metal garden dolly parton that's, that's just going to be an iconic moment i can't wait to dolly. meet that lady and to, to tell her how she already knows she's just this glowing beacon of love and hope and an icon, a treasure of in American country and Western music culture, mm-hmm. whatever it is. This lady's still with us doing these incredibly beautiful, powerful things. So there you go. I'll be, I'll be so thrilled. Who knew at this point in my life I was mm-hmm. going to have the opportunity to meet and, and to stand and, and to kiss the hand of Dolly Parton <laughs> and to say thank you. Because I love... I love her. I love, firstly, I love powerful women. I've always loved powerful women, especially in, in, in our world, in, in show business, entertainment, music. Um, so uh, to, to, uh, to have this chance to meet Dolly is just going to be an absolute thrill. That is absolutely amazing. Maybe there's some sort of, how about this, pardon and priest. <laughs> 2024. You know, life is beautiful. Life is beautiful. And I never say never. Mm-hmm. These extraordinary things can happen in your life at any time. So grab the moment and 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 embrace it and 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 get everything out of it and and cherish it uh, as a as a as a metal memory. Absolutely. And once again, we appreciate you taking the time. Congratulations on the the Hall of Fame. The new book is amazing, biblical. Everybody should check it out. And um, will there be an audio book? Did you do an audio book for it? Oh, I did. Yeah, I did my I did the audio book here in Phoenix uh, just not too long ago, and that's that's always a that's always an extraordinary uh, experience because uh, you know I use the voice for singing, sure, but to actually use it in in an, in an audio sense, talking. It's one thing to read a book; it's one thing to sit sit with your your guy Ian and to talk, and then and then you get the the, the drafts back and you read it and check it out to make sure everything's okay. But then when you actually sit in front of a microphone with the headphones on mm-hmm. and start to read the words, some, so again, something really special happens. I'd like to feel that for, for people that are, are interested in the audio book of, of any yeah, author, really, is that it, it's a cool thing to have to happen. There are brilliant readers. There are brilliant voice actors that do incredible work in, 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 the, in the book world. But I feel if you have the opportunity to be the voice, of the words from the paper and the, the, the book is about you. And this is you speaking mm-hmm. at the words from the book. It just completes the experience yeah. in, in, a, in, a, in a special way. Absolutely. So um, that was great for me. It was, an, it was a learning curve mm-hmm. because firstly, I never realized what a bad, <laughs> what a bad reader I was as far <laughs> as articulating the words mm-hmm. precisely because I found that 
when I was doing my my audio work, it was, I, I was just as overcritical and my micromanaging everything that I do as I do when I'm singing. Yeah. You know, I, it takes me forever to get the voice right for, for mm-hmm. my singing. So it was for the audio. Sure. I, I wrote a book uh, last year and then I had to do the audio book for it. And look, all I do is blab into microphones. So I'm like, well, that's going to be the easiest thing in the world. And then I get in there and I realize I never read this thing out loud before. All I did <laughs> yeah. was read it on a screen. And I was not ready for the way they do it, where you just keep going until you screw up and then you back it up a little bit. And I would get tripped up. I'm talking about my father dying and then I'm flubbing the line. They're like, yeah, back it up again. And I had to keep saying it over and over about my father died or my father died. Just like, what are you people doing to me here? I, it was like torture. It's intense, isn't yeah. it? It's intense. But but again, uh, Tom Mace, who who's my vocal producer, uh, he came down from Hachette in New York, and um, he was he was great. Uh, I, I mean, mm-hmm. again, I've, I've yeah. never un- underestimated the val- the valuable role the producers do for us. Mm-hmm. You know, we're like the vessel of, of whatever we do, but without an- another member of our team saying, you know, if you did that, uh, did, did, um, put a little bit of this, it would, mm-hmm. I think we'd get to a better place. Yeah. So. Uh, Appreciating and valuing everyone that works with you in that production sense is really important. Mm-hmm. Well, you got there. You have the right people around you because you got great stuff coming out. <clears throat> Congratulations on everything, and everybody should check out Biblical, which uh, comes out in early November. So. Yes, November the first. I think it is. What a great time for it to happen. Yeah, in the fall when the snow is coming and you. I want to sit by the fire and you know warm yourself up with a hot cup of tea and, uh, and some biblical. Yeah, and if you don't like the book, you can throw it into the fire. <laughs> yeah, throw it into the fire. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, maybe I should urge all my readers Look, to do that. Once the they end, buy throw it, me into the fire. Once they buy it, who cares what they do with it, right? <laughs> Yeah, they pay yeah. for it. Yeah, you want to burn it? Go burn That's it. That's right. You um, do what you want with it. Yes. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for taking the time, Rob. Really appreciate it. What a thrill. Thank you, sir. You I have... had a wonderful time with you, awesome. and uh, all the best. Uh, have a great holiday season as it's coming along. And uh, as I always say, stay hard, stay heavy, stay metal. Okay, you take care. Thank you, my friend. Well, bye bye now. Thanks again. That was a real thrill. Yeah. How about that? You like that? Yeah, I don't see these other podcasts getting Rob Halford on the show. Like freaking Eddie Trunk up in this piece. Nobody could touch this show. Griffin Newman, Rob Halford, and then here's the book, Biblical. You get that. And then you go to the, and you go get this, which is the Black Lips album. Apocalypse Love. It's out now. And they are in the studio tonight set up to play live and they're going to do it in a matter of seconds so i tell you now what you do you refresh your browser on the zoom uh whatever the thing is the refresh it right on the twitch refresh it because we're going to switch over to the other studio but let's throw it over to one of my favorite bands black lips baby
Okay, this is a new one. on the show. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah. Post-Halloween spooky one.
Thank you very much. Am I on, Margo? Thank you. Oh, my goodness. Ay, ay, ay. That was one of the best things that's ever happened on the best show. The Mighty Black Lips, one of the all-time great bands in studio. Unbelievable. The new album is so good. Apocalypse Love and can't recommend it enough. They're doing some shows. Uh, they're on tour. So you got to check them out. And they hopefully will swing into the studio here and say hi with me and talk for a few minutes. And also, let me just tell everybody, the Patreon, once again, you want the, you want to support the best show, you go to patreon.com slash the best show. That's where all the bonus content is. And that's where you can get all the stuff, whether it's, Rubenesque, which is the Rick Rubin recap uh, podcast that we do each and every uh, record in the catalog. Right now, we're about to enter into a very dark period. The hip hop stuff is ending, getting ready to do some other albums. That'll be coming out in a week or so. We got the Four Horsemen. We got Ask Tom. There's so many things up over at the Patreon and so much more coming. We love the support. We appreciate you backing the best show, and you do it over at the Patreon. So thank you to everybody who is doing that now, and if you're not doing it, now's the time to do it, because you also get stickers and pins. I mail you stuff, and just like I send stuff to you, I take care, and I'm the one that puts them in the envelope, so you know I touch the envelope. Oh, wait, you don't want to do it then? No, that was a joke. You'll do it. Um Thank you, everybody, for supporting the show. And later in the show, we got uh, Jason Dudio Gore. Come on in. Take a seat. We got later in the show, Jason Dudio Gore. Any seat is your seat. And he's going to do... Uh... Wait, you're in Black Lips? <laughs> yeah, I'm here. I'm I missed you. Sure okay, I missed you on yeah. the stage. There. So... How are you both? Oh, good, fantastic. Good. Great, yeah, that was unbelievable. Thank you. We got Cole and Zumi here. Yeah. So Hello. exciting. Thank you for We're having very us. very excited to be here. Oh, my God. Black Lips, all-time greatest bands. Yeah. These are the best bands. We've been dying. We've been dying knowing that we were going to be here today. We're just dying. Well, yeah, so yeah. Very excited. <laughs> These are the best bands ever. Hawkwind. Hawkwind? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yes. You like ranking things. I like that. You're like yeah, a I like ranking things. Yeah, I like slap that. some ranks on things. Yeah, it clears it clears things up a little bit. Yeah, Hawkwind. What else? That's so well, black yeah, lips. definitely black hot. lips. Might just be black lips. <laughs> Hawkwind and black lips. I think that's the end of the just list. Just Hawkwind right and black lips. Then. Yeah, that's all you need. That would be that would get me through about five years. Velvet Underground also. Oh yeah, yeah. Velvet be, Underground. Hawkwind. Black lips. We were we were like. Very excited listening to your uh, the the like sleaziest the the, the breakdown of the sleaziest number one sleaziest oh, rock stars. Uh, 
Who was it again? It was Gary Puckett. Yes. It was Gary Puckett. Yeah, I was Gary thinking Puckett. it was going to be Kim Fowley, maybe, but I don't think he even made the list. I don't no, know. Kim Fowley, that's a good one. Kim Gary Glitter, I didn't think he made the list. Those guys slide, I was thinking Yeah, about. those are, yeah. There's, but, this, but there's the an Aphrodite's Child song also mm-hmm. called End of the World that's incredibly sleazy that I wish <laughs> I wanted to play oh, for you before. later. Okay. And Aphrodite's Child, that was a band that Vangelis yes, was in. Yes, yeah. yeah. That's right. See. It's like, come with me to the end of the world. It's got without that telling your corona. parents or your friends. Uh-huh. It's really creepy. Yeah, I. Uh, there's nothing but like those good creepy songs. Oh yeah, the secret creepy ones. Yes, <laughs> you're just like. Oh, this is gross. It was all about euphemisms back <laughs> yeah. in the old days. You yeah. couldn't, they didn't have the parental advisory, so you had to just, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Fruity, fruity, like, we don't know what that means yeah. to this day, fruity. but I know it wasn't good, whatever it was. Yeah. One of the cats in a seafood store? It's the filthiest thing I ever heard in my it's life. It's almost worse when it's the euphemism, I think, yeah, than it, you I know. So. I'd rather yeah. listen to NWA record with my, you know, <laughs> nep- nieces and nephews. So, the record, the new record, Apocalypse Love, so great. Thanks. Are you excited about it? Because absolutely, yeah, yeah, we're very super excited. excited, and it's so exciting to see the band, the band just change and grow, and not just like because that's one of the things. Yeah, you know, it's like look, put the Ramones on that list of best bands ever. Oh yeah, yeah. I was gonna say, I was gonna but say. there's just a point with the Ramones where you just don't need anything past like the first five albums because they're just like lesser versions of the best albums ever made. Right. I yeah. mean, look, it's not their fault. Yeah. But it happens. That's a, but but it's so that's why it's exciting to see you all have like a there's like a a, a larger goal to keep the thing to yeah, keep the thing alive. Well, yeah, you have and, to yeah, evolve, fresh. evolve and yeah. You know, and yeah. change otherwise you become stagnant and Mm-hmm. You wither and die. Yeah. Also, the lack of success kind of keeps you kind of hungry yeah. a little bit. Yeah. And when you hit a certain level, yeah. then you're uh-huh. expected to do that thing. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it kind of never, we did okay. We never got to that level where it's like, that's your thing. You got big on that thing. Yeah. So we yeah, can there cut, be we, some freedom with that. Yeah. Then by you're not just having crap, hung, yeah. crap yeah. too high. Hungry losers, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hungry losers might be the best phrase. Hungry. We're yeah. all hungry losers, yeah. ultimately, you know? aren't we? Yeah. Now, one thing. That I need to ask you, Cole, uh, Zumi, you were not in the band at this point. There was a show in Brooklyn. Was that at the Shank? Yes, that it was I the Shank. saw you all, and it was. And for people who don't know, there was a stretch in Brooklyn where anything that had four walls and a roof over it was a venue. Yeah. It didn't matter. Fire code. Fire hazards. code. Exits. There were, and there, I was there at the time. I mean, I was living okay. in Brooklyn. Yes, 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 yes. So for con, I was. In the in the area, you know. It wasn't this it, show, it but I remember shithole. one show going to a show in Brooklyn and going it was on the second floor, going up the steps, all wooden steps, and they had candles on each step <laughs> because there were no lights in the stairwell. I'm just like fire this hazard. is just begging for us all to die tonight. But the price of seeing music. Yeah, living on, you know, living Mm -hmm. on the edge of the blade, you know, you had to walk dangerously. I think you said shame on you, Brooklyn, after the show. That was for the shank. Shame on you, Brooklyn. It was a secret shame or not very secret because the show was, it's also one of those shows where it's just like, I think this is oversold by like. Two hundred percent, and the porta potties where it was only like yeah. two, and there's, there's two like porta potties, two, two thousand people. There's oh, yeah, yeah there's <laughs> thousands of people. Two porta potties, overflowing troughs, like, and then it would be a thing where it's like, you want a PBR? <laughs> it's gonna take you an hour to get one. <laughs> to get a, a hot torture, yeah, a hot PBR. 
But at that show, there was a gentleman named Giorgio. Is that the carpet yes. guy? The human yes. carpet. Who, Legend. He, because I was stepping over, oh, oh, like going, walking through the thing. And there was just a rolled up carpet. And you'd hear like, every time you'd go. You good. You like, like you're that. going through the venue. And then um, somebody's like, yeah, there's a, dude, there's a dude in that carpet. It's kind of his thing. He gets his thrills by people stepping on him in a rolled up carpet. And I was just like, that's when I was like. Shame on you, Brooklyn. Yeah, that, that this is really so where incredible. we're at. So I'm trying to suppress my, my <laughs> wild laugh because there's going to be snorting and no, squawking into the microphone. No, you snort all Apparently you Apparently he was want. a staple in New York, though. Like, he'd be at the yeah, bars legend. and all around. Yeah. But what a gig, you know? To be yeah. the to be the the one. Yeah, yeah, something zen about being so stationary. It's like kind of a Buddhist kind of just meditate in your little role. <laughs> yes, yeah, Paul. Yes, 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 Paul. Very, very zen, yeah. <laughs> but I don't think he was like... That. <laughs> I don't know if he was. I don't know how much Georgia was making that yeah. night. For example, right, I don't right. know if he was on the bill. Right. Yeah. It, the just, pleasure was his. The pleasure. Yeah. yeah. Like, the pleasure was all his. You know. Yeah. You're like, oh no, no, just the, I think okay. it was closer. To oh, oh yeah. closer. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mumbled, yelled at I for having too. a white claw. What did that? <laughs> what did that feel like stepping on him? Very curious to know. Well, have you ever have you ever stepped on a speed bump? No. Yeah. And did it ever make a sound? <laughs> well, that's what it was like. Imagine a speed bump that made a sound when you stepped on it. Was it, it like a Persian of, rug? What kind of rug was it? That place was so dark, I couldn't see anything. I was just that was when it's just like, where are the black lips playing? I want to go home. Yeah. <laughs> just I want to run back to New Jersey. Yeah. No, but that those were the magical times. The other time I saw you on time. the Bruise Cruise was so exciting. Oh, yeah. Which was, and I know this might not sound like the greatest thing, put a bunch of rock people on a carnival cruise ship <laughs> out of Miami for three days into the ocean. And... And then see what happens. But the other thing, like 70% of the people on the boat were not there for the bruise. Yeah. So you just have regular cruise people dealing with just. People you'd see at like Disneyland or Disney human World. Human scum. They're the human scum yeah. as opposed to like. Yeah. The, yeah, anyway. Clogging up the hot tubs. <laughs> The buffet, the buffet, clogging the up the buffet, and everything, spreading disease. You know, right? Exactly. I, I love like, they're the ones spreading the disease, well, like, yeah. as opposed to like the black. There's like different diseases other, between other the demographics. Yeah. scumbag musicians that were there. <laughs> I think everybody that might have been I don't their their disease <laughs> plus the plus the that's, that's how we have COVID now. Is might, that might have created exactly. COVID or monkeypox. Or yeah. both. Yeah, you get those mutations going when you get just the worst people together. Yeah. Now that was fun being out on a on a on a cruise ship, seeing uh, it was you guys and the OCs. Ty Seal, Ty was out there. Yeah, really, it was really a special thing. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm teasing it, but it was a sounds, really great time. I mean, sounds miserable and wonderful at the same yeah. time. You know, See, I, do you get seasick? I don't know. I think I, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't either. I did get seasick. I went on a. Uh, a shark dive oh, thing cool. in wow. South Africa last year where you get on the boat and then you get into the cage oh and you go God. down and then they tell you like, look, oh, go down, look to the left and then the sharks swim by. It's kind of brave. 
Yeah. Well, there's a cage. You're Even with the cage, though, just, just you know, descending just into like the, mm-hmm. it's like bungee jumping. Like you're yeah. probably yeah. gonna be safe, but you're, still kind of scary. Exactly, because it's like it's like to me, it's like the cyclone in New York. Yeah. Where it's just like they're like nobody's died on this thing ever. It's like well, that makes it scarier than mm-hmm. ever. It seems like it, we're due. Yeah. For the roller coaster to fly off the track, and because it's been a hundred years. Is that the right. Coney one in Coney Island? Yeah, that thing's yeah, scary. Oh, it seems scary. like the screws are loose because it's yeah, wood. Yeah, they right. should. This all should sounds like a black up show. The screws are loose. Yeah, you're like, you know, just like <laughs> the people in a cage and like wild animals swimming around them. Just I always wonder what get bitten. You know. Yeah, I always wonder what the top ten like um, kill list uh, for roller coasters is that are still operating. You know, people have yeah. a heart attack. Oh yeah. So there might be one that has one kill, but is there like a roller coaster that has like eight deaths on that one roller coaster? <laughs> this is cool. I this want to is find the most that fascinating list. Fascinating thing I've ever. I want to find about, that list. Honestly. Yeah. I hope because I'm sure after a certain amount of deaths they just shut it down. Probably you but, think? Yeah, I would think they would have shut that one in Coney Island down a long time ago, hundred years ago, probably. Yeah. Well, they just renamed the roller coaster. Exactly. Like, when's it from the Edwardian period or something? Yeah. Well, the Edwardian period <laughs> yes, roller Edward, coaster. Yes, it's a steampunk roller coaster. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I went in the thing and it dove and I was in the water for a good five ten minutes and then suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm gonna be sick and I had to get out. Oh and my I, god. Oh yeah, yeah, and they were just like they told me like don't throw up over the other side of the boat because the sharks will <laughs> go over there and eat, eat that. Yeah, they'll uh, stop going where the people yeah. in the cage are. Wait. Oh, they so, love yeah, they love that vomit sharks chum. To them, that's food is food. Vomit chum. Um, so you're mid tour now. Yeah, we just did the we West just finished Coast. The West Coast tour, and we're about to start an East Coast tour. Okay. Yep. yep. And when does and how's how's everything going on the road? Fantastic. Yeah. You know? We're yeah, st- we're we're still alive. Everyone else is still alive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, COVID are, seems to have fallen back a little yeah. bit, and it's like more normal. It's really nice to be able to perform with four people, and uh, it's incredible. It feels great. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really amazing. I love the new records. Great. I love the new lineup. It's just it really is kind of where the band is supposed to be. Is what it feels. Like. As a longtime fan of the band, it's great to see things things just expand and yeah. the sound is so much more it really is more expansive and still kind of rambly and it's everything well, yeah. everything like, the band was. we're old now so like we've you you're know, older we've oh, been yeah, yeah. yeah we've been uh, you know screwing up uh for many years enough to where we, it's a it's like a evolved uh you have the black lips have ascended yes yes ascended yes, yes. well I can't thank you enough for coming down and being a part of the show. What oh, a thrill. Thank you so much. We were, honor, we're, honor. we're like, you know, fanning out. Oh, you're very sweet <laughs> to say that. And I look forward to uh, you all doing your 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 own sign thing when, when this uh, run is over. Oh, what? Uh, uh, crush? crush? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, we have yeah, a side yeah. thing called yeah. Crush. Okay. Sometimes, yeah, yeah, we'll be playing we, around. We have, a, uh, like, a record that we've been trying to put out for, about nine years or something. Okay. So. Yeah. So it's like Chinese democracy. Yeah, we yeah. Just gotta, we're just keeping people really thir- thirsty for mm-hmm. it. Sorry. The manufacturing you know. two side is, like, really Everything's so accessible now. Oh, yeah. So we're just yeah. making it completely impossible to, to actually, ha- you know, you we're, somebody, we're withholding. You make them up. Appreciate. Yeah, it. yeah, you can get edging, everything for edging. free now. So yeah. make them wait. You know, exactly. make them wait. Make them sweat a little. Yeah, bit. yeah. No, I can't wait. I love all of it. Bring crush. When you're you. doing that. Come back. Oh yeah. Yes. Thank you for exactly. having us. Love it. Now this Absolutely. is a true thrill. Cole. Yeah. Zumi, thank you so thank much. You. And thanks to everybody in the band. 
Thank you so for much. For making this happen and everybody over at uh, Fire and yeah. your management yeah. for pulling this off. I really appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. Shout out to Michael Bateman, my buddy and in Rob. New Orleans, who's a big fan of the show. And, and Rob yeah. and Rob. Yeah. Yeah. I dressed for Rob today, you know, oh, in, yeah, case yeah. You didn't, in case you didn't notice, you know. <laughs> I didn't know that was for Rob. Yeah. Um, Specifically. It's for Rob. Well, thank you so Ad- much. Adios. I'm going to ask, would you be able to take this and oh, I have well, some sign it. And yeah. can you get everybody to sign it? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. For Tom. Yes. What if I was like, don't put my name on it, I'm going to sell it. <laughs> like when people do that at autograph things. Like, <laughs> right, right. You were telling me about that. Okay, awesome. Oh, 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 yeah, with the book. We'll it's like yeah. that, right? You yeah. don't yeah, want like, your name on it. Don't put my you name want to on sell it. it. You don't want to yeah, because then you, know, you, you find... ask them that, they think it's weird. You're just trying to sell it. Because yeah, you got to find somebody named Tom to buy the album yeah. now. Or if some people, they bring a pencil. They sign it in the pencil. <laughs> they can uh-huh. erase their name later. Yeah, all that would, yeah. Well, not me. Thank you both so much. Seriously. Of course. Appreciate it, Paul. Dreams coming true on the best show. Now, let's go check the. Phones. Let's see. Any calls? We have any calls? Anybody on hold? We'll take this call. Hey, Dudio. Jason Dudio Gore. Jason. Let's get Jason Dudio Gore on the program. You want to? You want to? You have something for us? Oh yeah, I do. I do. Let me see. Is Mike there? Mike, are you there? AP Mike. Hey Tom, what's up? There man? he is. Look at this. This is the guy. How are you doing? I just want to say, Tom. Yeah. With that interview of Rob Halford. Yeah. You fulfilled all my priest needs. That doesn't say much. I don't think your priest <laughs> needs are that uh, not that elaborate. I think I think all your Jewish priest needs for you was a half you hour interview. The bases. No, it was a lot of fun talking to Rob oh, Halford. That was a, a good that, job. Oh, thank you, Mike. That was a legitimate thrill. And thank you, Jason. Jason Gore, you chased that down. I chased him down. You made that happen. Jason? Yes. Four points. Four points? Four points for you. And Mike, how are you tonight? Doing all right. Hanging in there. Mike, 500 a, points for Jason. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I knew that was it. I knew that was coming. I was just sitting back. Mike, take another 700 points. There you go. 1,100 for Mike. <laughs> now, Jason. Yes. Five points. Oh, thank you. Forget On top of the four, so nine? No, one more. Oh, one more. Yeah, Good. One more. Okay. I don't like that tone. You're down to three points. <laughs> no, no, seriously. Thank you so much. That was amazing. You, no. You pulled that off, and I'm really... Uh, Truly impressed by you making that happen. Oh, thank you. Thank you. No other podcast is. Uh, no. I've got Rob Halford and the Black Lights on the same show. I don't see anybody else getting Rob Halford on their show. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mike. Yeah. You like that Black Lips set? Yeah, it was nice. I'm, yeah. I'm not that familiar with their music, so it's kind of new. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I was enjoying it. All right. And well, who's coming up on... Egg Foo What, which is the 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 <laughs> podcast everybody's talking about these days. As a podcast, everybody. Well, we're we're trying to make it happen with you in uh, next week's show. We'll see about next week if I come on and we'll do some shrimp based thing. We'll figure that well, out. Greg has suggested since it's the title of the show, trying to get you to eat Egg Foo Young. Okay. Is that a possibility? Um, Mike. Anything's a possibility. Kevin Garnett said, and anything is possible. Think of it as a, it, it, you know, I tried it for the first time recently. Okay. When we started the show. 
and it's it's like an omelet. It's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Now what's the gravy? In... The gravy you get on the side, so mm. you you know you use the gravy however you want. Now this is the thing with me. I had a hard time when it comes to gravy. It brings back a little PTSD for me on the playground. Baby, baby, stick your head in gravy. I was told. Wrap it up in bubble gum and send it to the navy. And yeah, I think I that I that think one. that was made up on the <laughs> playground with you. I've never heard that yeah, before. That, maybe that was uh, somebody you inspired baby, them. Baby, baby, <laughs> wrap it up in gravy. Baby, baby, uh huh. Wrap your head in gravy. Wrap your head. No, shouldn't it ba- be no, ba- no, baby, baby, stick your head in stick gravy. Stick your head in gravy. Wrap it up in bubble gum. Ew. And send it to the navy. You know the worst part of that? I did it. How did the Navy take it? I did two tours of duty <laughs> in, uh, in, uh, in the Pacific. Uh, yeah, I was out there in Hawaii, as yeah. they say. Uh, yeah. Yeah, not good. Not good. No. So when you mention gravy, Mike, I get a little little okay. flashback. Yeah, a little sorry. scared. Um, Keep that in mind. Now, um, uh, what would be a... Uh, let's uh, Jason, and mm-hmm. is Pat here? Pat, are you here? Pat, do we have Pat? No, no, Pat. Pat, I love you. He should be there. Okay, well, we don't have Pat. Pat? Pat, Pat can check in when he's okay. here. Okay. Now, Jason, though. Yes. What do you have for us? Well, Tom, I just wanted to to share with you, um, you know, I've been doing a lot of voice work lately. That's true. I've been doing a lot of commercials lately. And, uh, you know, since you've been such a big supporter, you know, of my career so far, I thought, well, I'll, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to share with Tom a few of my latest things that I've okay. done. All right. So, because you know, that. I know you're a busy guy. You don't I'd get to see that. everything. No, I don't get. To, I'm not. I don't get to be a student. Of you don't. Jason Gore. You Jason don't Gore. get to see everything. So, uh, the first one I'm going to play well, for you well, because look, yes, you yeah, have yeah, yeah. the Hawk, which is I do a have the Hawk. 108.9. The Hawk, the, the the breakout podcast. Some call it the Egg Foo What of <laughs> of um. I have heard of, that. Yes. Of, of uh, like, faux radio-based things. Yes. Yeah. People are saying they feel a real egg foo what influence on yeah. the hawk. That's all our reviews. They're like, you're doing a real egg foo what, uh, what with this. Yeah, people say... I Five hear, stars. Yeah, I hear the egg foo what. Yeah. No, that's what everybody says. That's uh, what we try to do on uh, 108.9 The Hawk uh, every week. Um, but, you know, I'm doing a bunch of other stuff. I'm doing a lot of work, Tom, and, and you know, you know, you've been such a mentor to me. Mm-hmm. So I, I think I, I want to. I brought some of my recent favorite ones okay. that I think you're going to enjoy. So uh, now we have Pat. Is that Pat? Is that you? Hey, this is me. I was locked out for a minute. We got oh, Pat. Okay. We got Pat Byrne. This is the guy. This is the guy. Because look, everybody in the Best Show family. I think is a, a, a somewhat of a flawed character. There's the people that. <laughs> that hate me. Yes. Think I'm washed up over the. Oh, I was better in 2007. Whatever. Yeah. God bless them. People, there's people that have their favorites, but the, then they have their least favorite. Pat is the one, the one person on the show everybody likes. He's always a favorite. Yeah. Somebody wrote me the other day. You suck. Really? Oh yeah. That was just the. Oh, that was the whole email. You suck. Yeah. What they say about me? They didn't mention you. They, I'm assuming well, they're fans I'm, of I'm you. I must suck even 
Or, or, or I suck so much that I'm not to be mentioned. Yeah, it's I don't what, know. Uh, that it's first hater review, so. Oh, hey, oh no, I'm, no! I'm officially in the podcast game. You're in the there game, you are. right? That's yeah, right. There you are. <laughs> what, what did they say, Mike? Hate. What did they say? Uh, lack of preparation. So I, uh, you well, know, we're going to counter this. Me, me, and Greg have at least two or three texts before each show. Mm-hmm. Two or three. That's that is that is preparation right there. You got to have two to three texts. Now, when when Mike mentions Greg, of course he's talking about Greg. What's his name again? Greg Douglas. His wacky sidekick on the show. Yeah. Yeah. What's his name again? Greg Wilson. Greg Wilson. (laughs) Sounds like a name you check into a a hot sheet motel with. Yeah. Oh, Greg Wilson. It's like a guy that worked with Mister Brady. Yeah, on the Brady Bunch, yeah. or like really trying to get the the Wilson account, <laughs> like on a show. Uh, no, but look, uh, God bless everybody yeah. over in the egg foo what uh, universe. We love them all. Um, but Jason, this is yes. your moment. This is it. I just wanted to share, take a few moments, okay, uh, to share some of my uh, favorite commercials uh, that I've done late or lately. Okay, uh, Margo, we've got the first one. Now, this one is just to prep, just to put it up. It's a short one, but it's been getting a lot of airplay in the southeast. Okay. Uh, so let's uh, let's go ahead and see that now. Sometimes you just want to go too much. Lemington laxatives, no limits. It's good, no limits. Um, you know, it's. Uh, mm-hmm. I said it's short. It plays a lot during, um, you know, like uh, antenna TV. Or me, sure. me TV getting so much airplay on that Pluto, Pluto, a little on Pluto, okay, a little That's on great. Pluto. So uh, what was the company? Uh, Flemington laxatives. Flemington, uh, yes, not Flemington, New Jersey. Nope, is it? Okay. nope. I think it's not Flemington, like, South Carolina. Not like the Flemington Coat Factory. No, nothing like the the Flemington uh, Coat Factory. Uh, but thank you to Flemington laxatives um, for. Uh, for for the checks that I've been getting, it's been it's been very good. And one thing about the Flemington Coat Factory, right? Uh, I'm actually involved in a uh, class action lawsuit against the Flemington Coat Factory. My father uh, worked at the Flemington Coat Factory, and yeah. he uh, he was diagnosed with coat cough. Oh God! He got from the Flemington Coat Factory. Yeah, they he, he was he would mine for coats. Yeah, you have to every winter. Um, Every winter, thank you. So now this one's gonna blow you away, Tom. Okay. Um, I don't, I don't know if you've noticed. I've been doing a lot of content online. I've been doing a lot of videos, and it's oh, yeah. it's been getting some mm-hmm. some interest. Okay. Um, I got a call from a guy named Tyler, who was George Clooney's assistant. Okay. And he said that Clooney's really been enjoying my stuff lately, and he's got a new movie coming out. It's out in theaters right now called called uh, Ticket to Paradise. Yeah. With him and Julia Roberts, he was asking if there's anything I can do for that. Okay. So uh, I made this. It's been getting a lot of airplay. I think it played in the World Series tonight. Uh, let's let's go ahead and play that, Marco. Friend 
Cause I've waited so long I've waited too long I've waited so long Waited too long Give me one for ticket to paradise Clooney and Roberts are back, that's nice I'll take one for ticket to paradise Taking myself on a date tonight George Clooney, Julia Roberts, Ticket to Paradise Now playing Now good news, bad news on that one, Tom What's that? I did sell some tickets Okay Bad news? Yeah I'm being sued by Eddie Money's estate Sure So Um, I didn't really clear that before You didn't clear it You probably It was the excitement yeah, you you might also um you might want to run some of these things up the flagpole uh before you do them. To you? No, to the people at Universal. I oh. Now they I mean they kind of made it sound like I had free reign, but mm-hmm. in the end mm-hmm. they've uh yeah, they they're not really helping me with any sort of legal help. Well, these are amazing. Yeah, I do have one final one. Okay. Now, this is the out of all the things that I've done, this is the big one, Tom. Okay. Because I'm getting a little choked up. Um, as you know, I'm very proud of uh, being from Roosters Creek, West Virginia. And uh, they've seen all the stuff I've done lately, and they okay. saw the Clooney thing, and they mm-hmm. said, hey, Jason... Any time in your schedule to maybe do something for us. Okay. And, uh, of course, I'm always going to do something for Rooster's Creek because it's home. Um, it's who I am. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be here without them. Um, so I, I just did this ad for them. Uh, it's getting a lot of airplay. A lot of people are excited. Uh, this is my tourism video for Rooster's Creek, West Virginia. Okay. Hi. I'm comedian Jason Gore, and yeah, I was once a proud citizen of Rooster's Creek, West Virginia. It's my hometown, my heart, if you will, and it will always be a part of me, just like my actual heart. If you're looking for a fresh start, or maybe a place for a nice relaxing vacation, you should give Rooster's Creek a try. Recently rated Well That's a Town by Country Cousin Magazine, Rooster's Creek has it all and a little bit more. Maybe you crave local attractions. Yeah, we've got those. From the murky yet shallow depths of the creek that serves as our namesake to the never-ending Great Mine Fire of 1896, you'll say, wow, or geez, uh, maybe we should, and oh no, as you quickly step back 20 feet. If delicious eats are what you're after, Rooster's Creek has a fine selection of culinary delights. From Tammy's Mindfire Diner to the Long John Silver's operating from the bottom of a sure-to-collapse-soon mineshaft, your taste buds will be all juiced up for these eats. You say Aaron Sorkin is your favorite writer? Well, Rooster's Creek has its fair share of political drama, as it is the only town in the nation to have an actual fire for mayor. And my friends, Mayor Fire is making some solid changes. So come one, come all, come everybody to Rooster's Creek, West Virginia. We've got a collapsed mineshaft with your name on it. Wow. Thank you. That is... That is beautiful. It makes you want to visit, doesn't it? A little bit, yeah. yeah. So, 
That uh, chow line looked very appealing. I mean, yeah. There's nothing like a big pot of something. That's what we yeah. called it back in the day. Like a big pot of something. It's a big pot, hot pot of something. You get in there with the ladle, you don't question it. Yeah, amazing. It's delicious, Jason. Your career. Thank you. Is is rocketing. Thank you so much. Up. Thank up, you. Up. I knew. I I hoped you'd be proud. I'm, pr- I'm, I'm, I'm very I'm proud. I'm very proud happy. Is the first word that comes to mind. Good. Good. Not horrified. Okay. No. It's, as long as it's proud. That yeah, first word. Sure. Yeah. yeah. No. Not. Not uh, unsure how to. Yeah. Meet your glance. Sickened. Sickened. Yeah. None of those. Apply. None of those. No. Thank proud. You. Thank you. I'll take proud. Pat, what's your verdict? I think you left. On on visiting Roosters Creek? No, on Jason's work. Oh, it's always stellar. Oh, see, Great. this is I why love, everybody love, likes Pat. This is why he, Pat's a class act. Yeah, everybody loves Pat. Yeah. Uh, next week on the best show. Well, first of all, I want to thank Margot for yes. your work. Margot killing it. Andrew, our guy Andrew, doing it. Of course, Jason, thank you. Uh, Brett Davis and Brett Boehm, the two Bretts. Uh, and Pat and Mike, thank you tonight for a killer show, putting this all together. Rob Halford, Black Lips, Griffin Newman, Jason's uh, VO work, his commercials. That's a that's a freaking best show, man. And look at this. I got my nails painted still. I'm keeping it. I'm serious. I'm keeping it. I'll be here. If my nails aren't painted on the show next week, something went horribly wrong. I like it. I'm keeping it. Why not? Right? Should I keep it? Yeah. Keep it. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. I'm going to keep it. And next week on the best show, can we bring it up? Announcement? Next week's best show is... And look at that's my dog right there. That's old Barbarella right there. That's the best. cutest dog ever. Do we have the graphic? There ah! it is. That's right. The Gary the Squirrel Show. And when we say it's a Gary the Squirrel Show, it's gonna be a bleeping show. Get ready. It's a full Gary the Squirrel show like you've never seen or heard before. Next week on The Best Show. And I'm going to play some music on the way out. Hmm, what should we hear? What should we hear? What should we hear on the show? What do you want to hear? Let's see. What should we play? Hmm. Bing bong, ding dong. I'm going to play something by... Yeah, let's play, uh, haven't heard this in a while. Let's play something by my guys from Austin, Texas. The Golden Boys. Best show. Back next week, Gary the Squirrel Show. Thanks, everybody, for listening. The Best Show is produced in partnership with the Forever Dog Podcast Network. The show is hosted by Tom Sharpling and features John Worcester, Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, and Michael Lisk. The show is produced and written by Jason Gore, Pat Byrne, Michael Lisk, John Worcester, and Tom Sharpling. The best show is executive produced by Tom Sharpling, Brett Boehm, Joe Cilio, and Alex Ramsey. 
The show is engineered and mastered by Andrew Gleason, website and technical support provided by Martin Sellis, and the show is recorded at Forever Dog Studios in Los Angeles. Support the best show on Patreon over at patreon.com slash thebestshow and follow us on YouTube, Twitter, and Instagram over at Best Show for Life. That's Best Show number four, Life. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>